You're listening to These Are The Days. Hello and welcome back to These Are The Days, a podcast from me, Ronnie Costello. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who listened to episode 14. It was our third play of the Confessions Lottery. My thanks to Colette Brown for being a good sport and taking up the uh, challenge. But it does end for 2019. 2-1 to me against the Challengers. If you would like to take part in 2020, drop us a message. Uh, you can get us on our social media. We are at The Days Podcast or online at www.thedayspodcast.com. These are the days. So here we are then for episode 15, it is the final episode of 2019 and it is more a compilation from the past 14 episodes. Now there was around 30 hours worth of uh, clips in there, or or episodes I should say, and we've managed to package it down to just over 3 hours. I know, it's long, but hey, it's Christmas and we're not back for about 4 weeks First though, I need to say thank you very much to every single person who has been on the podcast since it started in 2019. The podcast doesn't really happen without you. So thank you very much to Paul McNichol, to Emma, uh, to my uncle Jimmy, to Ian, to Fraser, to JP, to Andy, to Barry, to Connor. Uh, Also big thanks to Alison for being the guinea pig The first player in the Confessions Lottery And to Susan and Colette for playing that as well Uh, Thanks to Jonas Thanks to Alison for hosting as well And to Aaron Caton as well For coming on and talking all about the body And the mind which is a very different one It's the first time we'd ever done an episode that wasn't face to face But my thanks to each and every one of them For coming on We've got other plans for 2020 It's going to be an exciting year It's going to be a lot of fun And again if you want to get involved Do drop us a message on the socials at the Days Podcast or on the website thedayspodcast.com Do enjoy the next three hours on behalf of myself and all my guests and everyone else associated with the podcast. Do have a great Christmas, have a fantastic new year and we'll be back in about four weeks time, back at my table. Follow the podcast on social media. We're at the Days Podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. The boy McNichol, Hello. How are we doing, Ron? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for coming on. That's okay. It's a pleasure. Hey, Ems, how's it going? Very well, thanks, Ronnie. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an absolute, <laughs> not a problem and a pleasure. Jim Yorstan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ronnie. Nice to be here. Welcome along to episode five of the uh, These Are The Days podcast. We are at my table in another venue that's even warmer than the usual venue. I'm joined by Gordon Aitchison, Andy Mills, Fraser Brown, Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Barry Kidd, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on to tell your story. Thanks for having me. Conor McAleese, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Jonas Nikolainen, welcome to the podcast. Hello. How are you? I'm good, eh? How's yourself? So we are back at my table after the delight that was the first one discussing mainly music and food. This time it's a movie special with American snacks. This week I'm joined by Ian, JP, and at my table resident, it seems, Fraser is back. Gentlemen, welcome. Cheers, Ronnie. Thank you. So welcome to the Confessions Lottery on These Are The Days, a podcast from me, Ronnie Costello. Uh, The first, the inaugural, the debut, and I have with me to play the game... Alison McDonald. I'm your guinea pig. Welcome to the man behind the microphone. Other working titles, Ronnie off air. <laughs> Costello uncovered, revealing a renegade. So welcome to the Confessions Lottery on These Are The Days, a podcast from me, Ronnie Costello. We are back. Susan Anderson is my guest. 
looking slightly nervous on a Monday afternoon. It's the best way to be. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Looking forward to this? A wee bit apprehensive, but I'm okay. Okay. Yeah. So my guest this week is Aaron Caton. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ronnie. Uh, we have our third player in the Confessions, Laurie. I am delighted <laughs> to welcome Colette Brown to the opposite side of the table. Hello. How are you? Uh, nervous and excited. Two of the best ways to yes. be when you're uh, sat opposite me. Well, no. <laughs> or playing Confessions, yep. which is always fun. <laughs> Your first number is number 39. Oh, that's not one of my numbers. So close. Number 39. Oh, well, I would say we'd start soft. No, no, let's just go in. Number 39. What does a successful relationship look like to you? Well, as you know, I'm not in a successful relationship. So um, uh, that's hard. That's hard to answer. Thanks for pointing that out. Well, that's um, good. 30 seconds in. So, well, I mean, maybe not talking the fairy tale or or the fairy tale relationship. No, or but, whatever, this is, but, but this is but this is my problem: is that I want the fairy tale. I want I want the movie love, right? I want running across an airport and jumping into somebody's arms. I want kissing outside in the rain, which in Glasgow could happen at any time. So I don't think that my what I want is necessarily realistic or achievable. <laughs> Which might be why I'm single. <laughs> Very single. That is also true. So I, I suppose maybe not this successful then, mm -hmm. but I'm assuming in your head there's there's something of how it should work, how it should be, how you know how, how you want it to work, or is it still the movie fairy tale? It's no, it's, just st it's still that yeah. That's all the time. that's the goal and that's the dream and that's why it's not happening because if you I think like if I go on a first date for example I want to feel that instant spark and I want to instantly be like I want to rip your clothes off and I don't think I don't know if it actually works like that but I'm not ready to change those goalposts yet yeah why but why would you no as I said as I said to somebody recently I might lower my standards in a couple of years <laughs> but but not yet <laughs> so i've got i've got quite a lot i've got quite a long list of requirements and yeah there may come a time where i am prepared to reduce that list but not yet just before we move on you, you mentioned the movie fairy tale could you pick a favorite movie or moment in a movie that that happens that you go, that's it, that's what I want. Is it a Dirty Dancing, the lift moment? Is it something in a different film? Is no, it it's it's Notting Hill. It's the, um, I'm just a girl standing in front of a guy asking him to love her. I mean, I said it on uh, At My Table, uh, number two when speaking about films, it is one of my guilty pleasures is Notting Hill as a movie. But it's, it's Hugh Grant. He's just, he is the dream. I know, I've hosted a fashion He's show, a, do you know that? No. Uh, I've, 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 even, yeah, I've got a photo with it and everything. We're like best mates. What? Yeah, I'll show you. You're telling me this now? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> you, think, know. you think you know someone? I know, I know. I've touched you. Can I caress them, really? He smells lovely. Anyway. I, I knew he would. <laughs> he does. You, he can does. you can just tell when someone's going to smell nice. Present company included. Except you. Right, let's move on. 
the, the kind of online dating and the online app world is kind of it's changed the way people now date is what we spoke about before yeah uh, and I in in our 30s without giving too much away we'll go for early ish I mean you can say what you like I mean yeah. there's no camera on here so you can you, <laughs> I mean you can tell people you're 21 if you like 21 21 21 cool yeah. right well as a 30 something myself uh, and it, it's kind of the world that we've been into. So for for you, when was the first download of one of these apps? When was the first download of Tinder or Plenty of Fish or whatever? How, how did it start? It was in 2013 when I came back from Australia and I was single and uh, everyone was saying to me, get online dating, it's great. So... I Are you like, still waiting on it to be great? I am still waiting... <laughs> For it to be great. So, what was the first? What was the first app then? What was the what was the go to? What were you told? Match dot com. That's, that's like one of the big players. That's big player. I even paid for a subscription. Yeah, been there. Yeah. Um, waste of money. And my first date was with a guy. I don't know his name. Anyway, he painted out himself to be this big businessman with his lovely house in the south side of Glasgow. You were in Glasgow at the I time. I was in Glasgow yeah. at the time. Um, that's a journey. That, that's a journey. <laughs> no, I was in Glasgow and yeah, so he painted himself out to be this big businessman with a big house in the south side of Glasgow. And his chat was really good in the emails. It's like, oh, this guy is really great. So I'd painted this massive picture with this really funny, like articulate businessman. And what turned up was not. Okay. It was this wee man who sold... Do you remember the laces, like the curly elastic laces you put in your shoes? Uh, I mean, I remember them. I, I, that, yeah, that's, that's what he sold. sold. And tanning mitts, and he lived with his mum. People, people sell that? They used to, in 2013. I mean, I'm amazed already. Yeah. And that's a thing. So that was his thing, and he lived with his mother. Okay. So that was the that was the first. How many, how long were you kind of on there for then? How long was it, you know, a couple of months or... Giving that it was costing you money. My money, my hard-earned cash. Um, I think a few months. But then I met somebody on there. Because it's not cheap. It's not cheap. Up. Let's just add that in. Just it's like me. Of course. Thank you. But it's not It's not a cheap way. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think, is it something that tries to then separate itself from free? I mean, I know on, on, like, on people that don't know, uh, Tinder and stuff, you, it's a free thing. Oh, yeah. But you can't pay to be gold or... Waste of money. Um, you're already gold. Yeah. Um, Thank you. It's all right. So no match. Is my friend Joe had said to me, get on Tinder. Anyone who's on match is on Tinder, and it's free. So that's what you did. And that's what I did. So you got on a match. Match went on to Tinder. You went on to, on to, and that's where the fun really starts. Yeah, and we we spoke we spoke about this before. And I've shared kind of some stories, some ideas with it. And this is kind of where, you know, it's built in a kind of more, there's, it's not just, oh, it was rubbish because of this. It's like. It's real yeah. scenarios, <laughs> real life disasters. Yeah. Which is not being kind to, to what you're going for. When you went on to Tinder, what yeah. was your kind of first impressions? And you were still in Glasgow then? Yeah, yeah I was still in Glasgow. Yeah. I was in Glasgow until 2017. Okay. Um, so how, how was it once you set yourself up and, and, and put in your details? And 
I thought it was fine. It was quite exciting swiping. Yeah. And because you couldn't send, you know, screeds of email messages. Yeah. You know, just because the emails, you tendency to just, you know, give out too much information. Where your Tinder, it's just short messages. It was great. Yeah. So you didn't get to know too much about the other person, which turns out not always the best thing either. No. 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 I, we To get into the whole Tinder thing, because I know there's, there's people, I, I mean, I've friends of mine who have been in, who are in long-term relationships who have obviously never been on. But some of us, if we've been out, hey, you, you crack on, you see what it's like, and you let them swipe and whatever else. But for me... It's one of the worst things in the world. Oh, I, it's I, horrific. I would ne- I've never ever said to myself, I've never thought of myself as being a real judgmental person. But you'd turn but into you'd one turn quickly. In, yeah, and that's that's what I was gonna say. It's one of those things that it's A, it's horrendous. Oh. Right? It's horrendous. And that, the whole but don't get me wrong, there's probably really nice people on there. But see, because it's that split second. Yeah, yeah. It's going because I would imagine, and I, I, there's no studies done here. I've not looked any far. I'm just going to give my estimate. I would reckon probably eighty percent of people, maybe ninety percent of people, don't even read the bio. I don't. I certainly don't. I just look at the pictures, yeah. and most importantly, I look at the just the, the first picture. Yeah. And then make a judgment on that. Yeah. Which and is, then when when they if, if you like each other in the message, then you go, oh go I'll look at the other pictures. I'll, I'll read their bio. Like, oh, you're a bit weird. Unmatch. Yeah. 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 So that, that's kind of your thing. So you'll go on there and then it's the kind of, um, then you'll see what else is kind of yeah. happening from there on in. Um, what would kind of been on your bio back then? Would you have put anything or would no, you leave no, just blank? blank. Yeah. A yeah. lot of people do that. There's no, there's no point. It's, you could write anything. It does, it makes no difference. But it's the same with films. Same with films. I have got the most, questionable choice in mm. favourite films yeah. going yeah. absolutely I, going I, I've got a favourite film that you just wouldn't guess I would imagine oh. Grease my favourite film mean, is it the costume is it the I don't know I think it's just because it's a musical and I feel happy about it <laughs> takes me back to my school days you know the Mamma Mia thing you watched that no I've that? never watched that I, I'm partial to a wee bit Abba but uh, I yeah. don't know I don't want to spoil it I don't want to spoil it by seeing Pierce Brosnan <laughs> hack his way through <laughs> songs yeah so I mean you kind of, if you watched um, Star is Born, Great Showman, you watched any of that? Uh, Great Showman, yes. I haven't seen uh, Star is Born. I, I haven't seen a Great Showman, but the soundtrack's brilliant. Yeah, it's a decent film. Like. The soundtrack yeah. is tremendous. It's a decent film. And yeah. he, he can sing. Huge gentleman. He, yeah, he, he can sing, he can act, he can dance, he's good looking. Do not. Can't kind of stand him. And he was Wolverine. And he was Wolverine. I mean, exactly. Yeah, I, um, yeah, films of, yeah, there's some questionable films. Again, you know, I have a DVD collection, but honestly, my Netflix is ridiculous. Mm. My my list has still got stuff in it that I um, would quite happily watch when I can't find anything else to watch, yeah, which is yeah. the usual on Netflix. Mm. I'll look for someone to watch. You know what? I'll just watch Yeah, Love Actually for the 10th time. <laughs> so I think I've watched that a couple of times. Uh, but yeah, it's not something I usually just sit down and watch like series. Yeah. Were you in just now? Uh, well, I just finished Chernobyl. Oh, I saw a lot of people speaking about it. I haven't... That's excellent. Good, yeah. That's excellent. Too yeah. Oh, you, you, I imagine. You I mean, probably know the ending. Yeah, I'm not booking a holiday. <laughs> there, no, no, it's just basically details the catastrophe Good. that it was and kind of cover up. Uh, it's excellent, yeah. yeah. If, if, that's your, if that's your thing, then you'll definitely like that. But Netflix is phenomenal. Mm. Making a murderer. 
Yeah, well, I didn't, oh, I, I didn't get around to watching the second season yet, but I'm really bad for this. And I know people listening to this that know me will know how bad I am at this. I get into a series and I watch the first season. I love it. And I'll either, rather than watching it week by week, I want the whole thing to be there. So I'm waiting on the second season. So I am still haven't watched the second season of Designated Survivor. And I really liked the first season. Mm-hmm. There's now a third season. Okay. Um, power is tremendous, That's which is right. about to have a six or seven season. I'm not even finished the fifth. Uh, and I'm really bad for that. Like I missed some of the classics like the West Wing. So I yeah. totally missed the West yeah, Wing. I've totally passed that. me by. So I bought it on DVD about a year ago. It's mm-hmm. over there. I've still not even watched it yet. Yeah. But it's there for a rainy day. Yeah, my brother swears by the West Wing. Yeah, well, lots of people yeah. did. And I went, I'm going to give it a chance. And I found the full box set, all the discs, about 30 discs, a tenner. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll do me. Still not on yet, but I'm quite bad at that. But seasons, I'm... I'm Save it for when you're got a month-long illness or something. Just, just fire through it all. Yeah, yeah but that, certainly season-wise, um, Line of Duty, I'm miles behind. I'm on like the third season. It's brilliant, but I am miles behind. Line of Duty, I had never seen it at all until season five started yeah. on uh, the, is it the BBC. BBC, yeah. Yeah, it was on the BBC. So people in my work were speaking about it and I was like, Fuck, I'm, I'm going to have to get around watching this. <laughs> so I, I can't, I'm not sure what it was on. It was maybe on Netflix or something. Is, I, managed, yeah. well, I managed to fire through the first four and on the day of the last episode of season five, I just watched yeah. all, all episodes of season five. Amazing. It's phenomenal. Well, I'm halfway through season three and it's just brilliant. Superb. Yeah. The, the thing is, I, I watched um, I watched the first season ages ago. Mm-hmm. And when I put on the second season, because it told me I'd watched it, I, was like, I have to watch the first season again. Yeah. So quickly watched it in a day, you know, because it wasn't mm-hmm. about an hour an episode. Yeah. So six episodes. Easy done. Easy done on a Saturday. Yeah. Easy done. Well, you're saying that you never watched the second series of uh, Making a Murderer. No. Like, it was okay. But the first season was, I mean, I've spoke to some people and fair play to them. They're like, oh no, he's definitely, he's definitely guilty. He definitely done it. Mm. Uh, but the majority of people yeah. that I've spoken to about it, they're like, can I believe yeah. that poor man's still in jail? Yeah. To me, I thought, nah, I'm not convinced. You yeah. know, there was too many wee bits. But- I know, but I'm, I'm just not sure because they may have just sensationalized the way that they've edited mm. it all together yeah. to make That's- it look like he's an innocent man but even if he is an innocent man and not on that charge like he, he was about a toe rag oh yeah clearly yeah clearly. but if he if he is an innocent man that poor bugger has yeah. done X amount of years yeah. in jail the first time and then he's he's yeah. back serving I think Netflix are big like that you know they'll they'll take a lot yeah. of shows like that and yeah Netflix changed the game with the binge watching because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's preferable to how, me to me certainly how easy is it I know I know you can just <laughs> rattle through it yeah you yeah, rattle through it it's fine and that's the thing. It was. It, it's just finding that kind of show that you get in companion with, and especially now. I couldn't tell you the last thing I watched live, apart from a football match. Yeah, football. That's but a program. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell you. No. Couldn't tell you the last time I went. Oh, it's half past five. Let's put neighbours on. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. It's all either on Netflix or on catch up or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. Apart from that's the, that's the way people's viewing. Yeah. Uh, habits are going now. Yeah, and that's been. Um, that's been some of the, the binge watch stuff that I've, I've kind of really, again, miles behind on loads of stuff. And I get, mm. I've got a pal of mine, I'll always go, watch this yet? No, no, you need to add it to your list. I will. My list must be, I don't know, about eight too deep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, but like, I get that in the work as well. People will be saying, oh, you should watch this. I think yeah. that one of them was Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nine, I couldn't get that. 
Well, I've, I've been assured, and they're like, oh, you should watch that because I like it, you like it, we like the same things. I'm like, right, okay, okay. And then I'll say, well, many, many seasons is that. Oh, they're on seven. I'm like, that's that's too much. I'm too far behind. I'm never going to catch up. Oh, they're only on for 30 minutes or whatever. I'm like, it's, it's too much. <laughs> um, they've lapped us. I kind of make it up. I mean, there's, a, there's obviously the buzzword of late was Game of Thrones. Mm, never seen it. Same. Yeah, never seen you it. You tried? No. I tried, I've tried watching no. about the first three episodes at least four or five times. Mm-hmm. Just can't no. get, I just can't get, just can't get in it. No, it's, it's quite, not that it's not a Game of Thrones story, but my old man, he's writing, or he, well, yeah, he is writing a Game okay. of Thrones. And uh, I love how it's one of these programs that younger people, your dad, me, your yeah. dad, you know, however old he is. 59, 60, yeah. Loves it. <sighs> you know? But, but uh, I was saying to him, just, it was actually Line of Duty we were speaking about because he, he doesn't mind it, but I says, have you been watching season five? Line of Duty, he's like, and my old man's an ex-copper. Oh, so he's okay. like, fuck, it's a bit far-fetched, you know, the way that they're <laughs> they're setting these people up to look like that. I'm like, dad, your favourite programme is Game of Thrones. There's fucking dragons in that, okay? You're trying to tell me this is far-fetched. What's going on? Uh, <laughs> what are we doing here? And what is going on? <laughs> Did you ever feel, I don't know what a bad mouth ex is, because it's not a place. Did you ever just feel, though, that you it was taken away from the things you did or was it new experiences that you quite liked yeah, well, but you still had that? Yeah, come on, it was, it was mere, I wasn't a myself. Like, yeah. and it, there was one particular time that sticks in mind. Like, and I'm no vain, right? But I'm the sort of guy, like, I like, I get my hair cut every two weeks and get a, a beard trim and whatever, right? And if you look at my cosmetic section in my flat, it looks like a, a, a woman stays there. I've got everything, face masks and all the moisturizer. I'm like, I say, I'm not a bomb or nothing like that, but, I t- because I think because of the fact that I got a lot of stick when I was younger and stuff as well trying mm. to keep, like, take care of my appearance to a certain extent Because so what it was was I remember I go- went to my mum's with my ex and I hadn't shaved my hair was a pure mess I hadn't shaved for ages and I, my mum looked at me she sent me a big massive text being like what's wrong with you I said what do you mean she goes you used to look after you so you used to be no bad looking and that but you look like a pure tramp now basically. thanks mum <laughs> oh no I can't watch she launched us under the bus but see to be fair to her right, it was a boot up the arse I needed it yeah, yeah. Because I was like, wait a minute, you want to see how you let your standard slip? It's been mm. about eight weeks since you had a hair chopper and I had kind of, what's, the, what's going on here? I had to go to the boy when I went to get my hair cut. I was like, why are you again, mate? You know what I mean? And I'm like that. So all that kind of transpired. And to be fair and I was kind of the sort of person that I probably wasn't, like, I'm not, I'm trying to like say this without, <laughs> without trying to sort of put my foot in it too far. Like, Believe me, in if the people future, could see... The, the way you're looking right now trying to work out what to say yeah like I wasn't like like obviously relationship wise and I wasn't always like the best you know I mean I I did stuff that I regret or whatever and yeah, that, like you do when you're young can you hear baby or whatever and you get can things happening and that so it was mere it's just I was like and my pals were noticing that, like you know yourself mm. or whatever and yeah. I, I got like so what happened was she she went away and moved back to her mum's in Glasgow and we tried to do this thing where we like I'd go every second weekend and I said, nah, Ken, well, this is getting patched, eh? so I'd, we just went our separate ways. And- yeah. The first number we have is number 30. One of mine. Oh, My age. Let's start with a bang. Oh, How often do you find yourself on social media stalking an ex-boyfriend? Yes. Mm. Not an exceptional amount. What's an exceptional amount? Well, I don't know. So how often? I don't know what the gauge is. Once a week? A couple of times a week? A couple of times a day? A couple of times an hour? Maybe a couple of times a month? 
Okay. I've got an ex that, like, I've maybe been nosying at recently, but I've got him blocked so I can control when I want to go nosy on it. Okay. And I get unblock on Instagram, have a wee look, and then block again. That I mean, that's that's devious. That. <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> he does now. If he listens to this. <laughs> of course he does. I won't be telling him. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of your thing is kind of a couple of times a month you just think, yeah. what's, yeah. what's going on? Well, you end up on, like, their granny's cousin's dog's page and you're like i've gone too far too far have you accidentally liked anything you know a picture or like yes <laughs> it's not good is it no no anything especially if you realize if you haven't done it and you then get a message being like are you looking at my photos and like, oh, what you're talking about what's that on my phone <laughs> This is a wee bit different for us, full disclosure, my uncle Jimmy. Uh, and another thing is, we're going to talk about a career in the military, which really, I don't know nothing about, because, and you'll correct me here, I think we I was grown up probably too young when you were in, and by the time you were out of it, it was just, oh, Uncle Jimmy used to be in the military, or in the army. Or- yeah, that's a fairly... Yeah? Fair assessment, I think. Oh, good. Well, uh, at fair- least I got that right, which, which helps. <laughs> So we're going to take a look at the the military, but it's more how you came in to get into the army. Obviously, the uh, it was all about from the Dales to the army is what we're looking at. So for people that don't know, what was it like growing up in the Dales? Well, that's a very good question. I think, uh, I think suffice to say, it was very happy times. Happy times with uh, good people, but tough times. You know, my... Uh, my parents separated when I was very young, probably about 11. So there's me, my mother, and three sisters, one of which, of course, is your mother. Um, and life was tough. You Just know, because was, you were the only boy? Or? I was the only boy. Um, always picked on by three sisters, or certainly two sisters for sure. Uh, the other one was probably a little bit too young. But it was a tough old life. You know, there was no money. My mother worked full time as a as a cook in a in an old folks home, and and she really had to provide for us, and and that that's a tough old ask for anybody. Um, Set the scene for us then. When are we talking? What roughly? What years are we talking? What kind of nineteen seventy four? Okay, nineteen seventy four. You know, you've got the electricity strikes. You've got lights going off three times a week. Um, you're trying to find a way to make warmth in your house and bring light into your house. So we had to resolve to a few a few quite devious tactics. You know, I, I recall with an old pal of mine pinching the old uh, street lights, you know, they were kerosene or paraffin fueled and we bring them in and I dump one of them in the centre of the living room. I thought it would be good fun until I woke up in the morning and I looked and I just saw this black ceiling and my mother just 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 aghast with herself, you know. How <laughs> what's happened to my house? And you gotta remember in in these early days back in, in the Dales it was uh the houses were stone built, um stone floors no double glazing. So in the winter months, you'd scrape the ice from the inside of the windows to see out. Um, and that'll give you an indication. Life was life was tough, Ronnie. And what was, uh, what was school life like as well then? Where, well, did, you, where did you guys go for school? <laughs> well, allegedly I went to Curtin High School. Um, <laughs> I kind of I started off for some reason. Um, I finished my primary school at uh, Hillside across in Mingus Hill. Uh, by that time, we'd sort of been fully engrossed into the Dells. So the catchment school for me was Rockwell, 
Well, uh, Rockwell was horrible for me because everybody in the Dales went to Curtin High. Mm. So I was a total outcast. So I used to mix with the guys going to St. John's um, and then on the way back, getting a battle with them on the bus because they wore a different tie colour to me. If we had bus money, because that was another big problem. Tuppence each way on the bus and sixpence for your lunch. That was it, tenpence a day. And my mother really had to stretch to give us that. So I, th- I think just to move on quickly, off I went to, to Curtin High. I didn't get on too well with school, Ronnie, I've got to say. But, but that's that probably not unusual back then, though. Because was it a case of, I mean, you'd have been, what, 15, 16, just thinking, what am I doing? What, what am I going to do? More yeah, I was 16, 1974, and I thought, I actually don't like this place. It's I, I felt that they weren't teaching me anything. So I took the big, bold step. I'm going to join up. And my mother was beside herself. Um, well, you you know, you'll no stick this army. This will no, you'll never make it. You know, I'm no signing no papers. So what I done was I joined the Royal Navy, and I lasted six months. What and was that I, like? That was for me. It was great because um, it got me away from that. That insular. Was it just an escape? Was it just for sure, Ronnie? Yeah. For sure, one hundred percent. I got myself in a bit of trouble in uh, in West Curtain. Um, the famous chip shop was always a good place for trouble any night of the week. Got myself involved there and the, the wonderful uh, sheriff sheriff court charged me with a breach of the peace. My mother had to accompany me as a 16-year-old. Um, she started fighting with the, uh, the, the people that were prosecuting me and that was quite embarrassing. Um, and me and an old pal of mine, we were told... Do someone sort your life out, or we'll do it for you. Hmm. So, I took the I took the plunge, and I'll go and join up hmm. just to get away. Just to much. get away. Yeah. Um, and you know, I had a lot of jobs as a as a sixteen year old. I sort of about nine jobs in a month. You know, it was un because it was easy to find work. Lots of apprenticeships, lots of various things to do. But I had an elder sister who worked, which was a great help. She was always good for a couple of quid on a Friday. So that kind of took the edge off it, you know. But I, I guess the other sisters were also dibbing her for the same amount. So so life was tough. And then you get your my mother was looking for her board money. And I thought, well, she can't have anything left, you know, the poor girl. So, so I took the plunge and I went and joined the Navy. It really wasn't for me. So I lasted six months and I came out. Um... And then I was bumming around, same same scenario, came back again, bumming around like a bum in West Girton. So I decided that I'm going to go and join the army. And it's a funny story, this, I'm going to share it with you. I went into the careers office in Bank Street. It, the one that's still there? The still same, there, okay. the same place. Same place. And a guy called Sergeant John Carling, Scots Guards, is the guy that enlisted me. And I walked in there with a good pal of mine and I said, I want to join the army. He says, oh, do you now, son? What do you want to do? I said, I want to be a soldier. He says, what type of soldier? I says, well, what type of soldiers have you got? And the guy just looked at me and just burst out laughing. I said, well, I think I want to drive a truck. He says, well, you'll need to come back and do the tests. Have you got your school leaving certificates? I said, no, I don't have anything. Oh, he says, you're a bit of a no-hoper, but come back and see us next week. But I'm going to give you this very special book about the Royal Corps of Transport. He says, but it's the only one the careers officer's got, so please... Don't damage it, and we'll come up and see you next week. I got on the 1A bus to go back to up to West Curtain, and my pal threw the book out the window. Unbelievable. 
<laughs> I could not believe what he just done, you know. And he says, no, this army, you're not for the army. So I thought no more about it until the guy, the same sergeant, came with his big hat and knocked at my mother's door and said, is that your book, son? Ronnie, I could have, honestly, I could have died. Um, <laughs> and you're what, 17? 16. 16 still. Okay. 16. Still. I was too young to go as a boy soldier because you had to be 15 years and 11 months. So I had to wait till I was 16 years and nine months. Okay. So September 75, I was enlisted fully as a, what they call the young soldier in an older shot. And that was, and then you, so you, you packed up, left, got your stuff together. You probably got the same chat from, well, Grant and me saying, that's it. You'll, you'll never last. And off, off you went. That's it. You've made your bed now, son. And, uh, <laughs> So much so, I came on, I recall coming on leave one year and I went to the house in the Dales and she'd moved. And I never knew. Um, you know, my mother mother and three sisters are up sticks and moved to Ardler and there's me banging on the door in West Curtain trying to get in this house. Um, the army was fantastic, Ronnie. I mean, I cannot, I can't emphasise that enough for any kid, not from a broken home, but from a, a, a dysfunctional home, I would call it. You know, where we all kind of mucked in, we'd done our best, we'd done our best to keep our mother right. I'd done my best to keep three sisters right, which were, which was tough, you know. Um, your father was knocking around at that time, so yeah, so I knew, problem, your, yeah. I knew your dad. He was yeah. a bit younger than me, of course, I knew your dad. Yeah. Um, but the army kind of, for me, once, once I got in it, yeah. this is the way I viewed it. I've got a bed that's mine. I've got no chance of a sister nicking in or pinching my quilt or my blanket. <laughs> so it's my bed. I've got my own wardrobe. I had nothing to put in it. I mean, I turned up an older shot as a young recruit, probably with a pair of jeans, a T-shirt and a pair of shoes. Maybe some underwear and stuff, but I had no, no real gear, you know what I mean? Um, but it was mine. Uh, and then to get put into this bed space with 16 other guys, I thought, interesting. You know, And that the first time you'd ever been around any of that, just dormitories that kind of thing and yeah this was proper for me you know this was this was real from the minute i walked in the gate i get this man with a big stick chasing and shouting at me and i think what's all this about you know um and and you know and it was strange but once once you become institutionalized because that's what the military does to mm. you it, it kind of changed my outlook on a lot of things um i was able to support my mum a little bit my salary, my wages when I was a young soldier were £8.64 a week. And out of that money, I had to make an allocation of two quid to my mother. So she got an £8 an allotment book, um, which we had to do because I was under 17. Mm. So we had to do that. Um, but that kind of left you with 20 odd quid, which was just for me, Ronnie, you know? And you had nothing to pay, no bills, no No bills, anything. three meals a day. Got as fit as a butcher's dog, you know. I could run, I could run like a lunatic, you know, because it just it just inspired you just to do well. And I cottoned on very quickly. If you're a fairly get up and go sort of guy, and you keep your mouth shut, which was always a problem for me, that I think you advance quite quickly. Todayspodcast.com. One thing that got me, I was speaking to uh, somebody in work, and uh, she said to me. Is this the job you ever thought you would do? Tongue in cheek. And I went, <laughs> no, 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 no. So I got more thinking about when you were growing up. Uh, 
what kind of job or career did you want or what would have been the dream job or what were you told by the careers officer because we had them in our day age um, I had them in mine as well it was you can drive a horse and car or doing the pit we used to get our slate out and read off that yeah, so, uh, yeah, so the, the question was growing up what job or career did you want and why who wants to kick us off? I'll go first because it's easy. It's always been the same thing. You know, you think back, you think back to your, your childhood <laughs> days and yeah. you kind of... And bear in mind, you don't have to tell us what you do now, depending on how it is, but or you can. You recall the the times and you think at some time that I wanted to be an astronaut and then I wanted yeah. to be that. But yeah, I've yeah. always... I even still wish that I could maybe be it someday, yeah. but it'll never happen. I wanted to be a marine biologist. Oh, really? Yeah. And that was at school? That, that was it, but... I'm not academic enough for it. I've just not got there. And what was it about it? Well, as in looking at the ocean itself or looking well, at the animals in the ocean? Since, as long as I can remember, my dad kept and bred tropical fish in the house and we had tanks and tanks and tanks of fish in the shed in the house, all sorts of different fish, uh, marine fish, tropical fish from Af- all the different, the, the big lakes in, in Africa and loads of just all that sort of stuff, books, around the house all the time there was stuff on the telly he would always be out in the shed doing things and and it kind of just sparked my interest for for marine life and I'm I'm not I'm not like a a big buff on it now but I just always thought to myself I want to do that and uh, I tried to strike a deal with my missus (laughs) to get a fish tank in the house (laughs) and she said that she didn't want a fish tank in the house because it smells. It's not a clean problem, eh? But uh, and I said to her, well, like we've had kids and all that sort of stuff and, and that, that part of our life is kind of solidified now. We're not having any more. And I was like, well, I'm either getting a fish tank or I'm getting a hi-fi with a turntable and all that sort of stuff. And, 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 the, and, and the hi-fi doesn't smell <laughs> so, so that's what I got but to be fair you've got a very nice uh, turntable though ah, it's alright it's nothing it's classic though it's nothing special it's classic it's not like a modern nice thing that I bought no mine's is my, my old I've, yeah. got, I've got a new one now oh, see, so I've got a modern up. one because oh, you have the classic I had a, an old 70s Sony number mm. and now I've got a the one uh, a more modern one, but we'll not go into that. Cause a marine that's, a big, that's a big rabbit hole. A marine biologist. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to follow in the footsteps of my old man. Like when I was in primary school, my dad was a nurse, so I grew up with just my dad and seeing how hard working my dad was. And I thought, right, I want to be what my dad does. <coughs> I can remember my dad when I was telling him, going, son, you're not doing that. <laughs> I work my fingers to the bone, mm. I'm not appreciated, mm. you're not doing it. Mm. I was like, right, okay, I want to be a doctor then, I'll tell you what to do. <laughs> All right, fine, son, I'll do that then. <laughs> I can always remember being in second year at school when you have to go and pick your subject. And I had down on mine that I wanted to pick all the sciences. So I wanted science, I also wanted physics, I also wanted chemistry, I also wanted biology. Yeah. Mm. Why? Told them, they went, no, you can't do that because they're in different columns. I'm not caring. Don't want to do PE or graphics. Horrific. Yeah. I want... Horrific. About yeah. biology? No, you're not allowed to do that. So you can't split yourself in two. You're not so, Hermione yeah. Granger. I, I, can, I can remember going to my dad, look, Dad, I really want to do this. My dad was like, oh, well, you, you've got the capacity of doing it, so knock yourself out, son. So I fought and fought and fought. No, didn't get it. But I can always remember one girl in school got allowed to do it. I'm not going to say her name. I'll say Denim Combo. Ronnie knows who I'm on about. Uh, she got to do it because... She wanted to be a nurse? No, let's just say her 
parent was the head of... Oh, they, they was pulling power. Yeah. yeah. There was... Nepotism well, she had pulling power. There. Yeah, for... Well, no, if you looked at her, she definitely didn't have any kind of pulling power there, <laughs> honestly. For subjects. For, for, for yeah. subjects, she had pulling power. So yeah. she got to do it. She dropped out after a month and I was stuck in bloody graphic communication, yeah. which I hated yeah. with a passion. Yeah. yeah. No, so, I can relate. My, my mum's a nurse and so is my wife. Yeah. So, yeah. so I always wanted to do it, but... Yeah, I, I mind uh, because I, I went to... I joined up in third year school of phrase uh-huh. and uh, I was the same so I went from one school and went there in third year so I went for a meeting to pick my subjects and uh, first and second year I was at Rockwell and we didn't do very much and uh, at one point we knew the school was closing the school was closing the year after but I was I was jumping to do my standard grades and I mind going into the meeting basically basing my subjects on what you could pick and it was the same thing it was well here's the table and I was like oh, I'm, I'm really I do, do that this and like, yeah and it was it was ridiculous and I ended up uh, I don't know how I ended up I think I took uh, we had to take a language right and Rock, well, Rocky only had French you never got anything else and I went there it was French German Spanish Latin Aye. French me. French it was and I can't remember I think I ended by default ended up in a home economics class because there was just <laughs> yeah, nothing in the column nothing else, yeah. absolutely nothing in the column I never uh, done home ec just going to throw that out there I don't know what was in with PE but I ended up at PE I don't know like what PE was, was the same column as graphics for me yeah and it was just one of them it was, it was horrific and uh and I just, yeah, I mind going at that, and it was, it was just absolutely horrible. So I picked subjects I didn't really want to do, mm-hmm. uh, stuck it out, and then uh, again, never really had an idea because I, I uh, my aspiring football career was over after breaking my leg under the library on a playing with a tennis ball under uh, the library. Under the library, yeah. The way the way Craigie was built, it was like a hybrid. So you went in uh, to the front door. You would, if you ended up going down the corridor to the right you were in looking for a world of pain because oh, yeah, that was the rector's office but then that went across a walkway <laughs> not the rector's office the rector's office Andy <laughs> went over a walkway to the library which was yeah. uh, essentially on stilts four legs basically uh, yeah. so underneath yeah you could play now so playing with a tennis ball and uh, I broke my leg and I'll, I'll tell it very quickly um, it took ages for the ambulance to come uh, they then come arrived <laughs> they obviously cut up your uh, trouser and go, yeah, that's that's done in. <laughs> cut your trainer off, put in the thing. Cut get, your leg off. Pr- they shoot off. <laughs> they shoot off. So he gets in the ambulance and I'm saying the ambulance guy, and I still remember, I'm, I'm going to hold it two weeks, mate. What's going on? And he's like, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. Or just general. So he gets the DRI. That's how long ago it was. And uh, they can't go hold my mum or dad to say, you can operate. So I think it happens overnight or whatever. And... Uh, my mum finally arrives up and uh, she says, that, that's his things. And everyone's obviously cut. And my mum, the first thing, no, how am I? It's <laughs> fucking cut your trousers. Everything paid for them. <laughs> yeah. Right? And the trainers were at the clubby book. <laughs> so she was raging because they were, they were obviously weren't they? they were getting paid out about a pound Case 50 catalog. a week. Oh, yeah, I, I would have been of the Goodmans. Uh, so, yeah, so that was, uh, so I broke my leg and then uh, wasn't at school for the first three months. By and my my mum did go on holiday, and I went to my grand's for a week. God right, rest right. her soul. Damn right, so done. Uh, and they sent me schoolwork. I of course done none of it, uh, and then got the cast. It was really late. It was like near the end of December. I had the cast off for about I don't know about two days, uh, and then school finished. I think I just went to 
to make an appearance, really. Like, like Jesus cometh was back. <laughs> Here I am. And then on the uh, the Christmas Eve, I went next door with something, a parcel or something like that, and I was coming back round, and it's literally from here to that door, and uh, slipped on black ice and broke my leg again. <laughs> I'm sitting so, here laughing uh, I can remember it all. No way. So, so that was fun. The and, same uh, leg. The same leg. So the same break. It just breaks again. So... I was like, what are you doing? I was like, I've broke my leg. So I'm still, still taking the mic. I'm like, no, seriously, go and bring the crutches out because I am done. Uh, up to the hospital, yep, broke again. Christmas Day, back in, you know, get it done. Surgery? Yeah, oh, no, just basically put it back in place, put a, a stookie on. So I went from having the, the full stookie, which is the reason I couldn't go, to getting just under the knee to the full foot. And uh, I can go back to school this time. So... The mum was right onto the council because we hadn't any money. Uh, was the free taxes because he's needing them. So you'd get one of them. You'd go in. You'd never see your crutches because everyone else had them. <laughs> I'm three months behind in work, you know, at this point as well. It's an absolute nightmare. At least you were allowed to use the lift. Was, yeah, yeah, and I got out classes like two minutes early, you know. To miss the rush. And, and the best thing was for most of the teachers who did not like me, they hated this. You know, you need to let them out. It's like, yes. She like red words, yes. And uh, yeah, so that was, so we went on to that. And then um, it was, uh, but I had a paper round. So I wasn't getting any money because I was earning about 35 quid a week delivering papers. And my mate done it. Because I collected what and like collected 15 year old or something yeah man so you were getting sick you were getting 12 quid Baller. and you were making about 20 odd quid and that was all mine like mum that's your 35 quid it's class so in the did January, you pay back for the trainers and the trouser no, no. no. keep that quiet because <laughs> <laughs> he's got an itemised bill and, and and I can't even play down that she she I can't even joke and say she does listen because when she was on holiday the other week she listened to the one about the dick pics and said that was interesting <laughs> 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 so, uh, so yeah, so I didn't have any money. So uh, my mum my was saying, well, you're all right, so just go back to delivering your papers. Now, bear in mind, I've got a stooky on my leg, and I'm out delivering papers. Just in the winter. In the winter. In the winter, January. And then... Did uh, I have a bit of tyre on the bottom of it? Oh, mate, I had a good year for him. I had a big stupid shoe, and it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was horrific. And then I... Uh, yeah, and that was it, and I went back. But I was a year out on, like, you know, you might be doing PE, and I've missed a year. Can't do any practical, obviously. And then I think after the, the summer, and that was it, and we just went back to it. But it was fucking horrific. But then you had to start thinking about the, yeah. the courses. And again, I still had no idea what I was wanting to do. My dad my dad was a fiery, so he was, a fire, he was in the fire brigade up until I was seven years ago when he retired. And I always wanted to be in it. Because anytime London's burning was on, I was like, well, that's what my dad does. But he goes to everyone. I used to tell my gran when I was really uh, wee that uh, he went to every fire in the world. <laughs> because <laughs> that's what fire is there. So he went to every fire. And, uh, and then, he, you, well, you mind when we went to fifth year, and you had to pick more subjects because you had no clue what you were going to yeah. do. So I ended up in module drama. And it was the best year of my life. It was. <laughs> H is looking at Ronnie going, what? Mate, it was class. <laughs> module. Module. That drama, wasn't right? even a subject. And right, where he's going with this, you so, so there's a photo of me. I put it on my Instagram, right? There's a photo of me in class. Somebody sent it to me. And I'm reading lines. And I'm wearing the finest Nike trainers, school trousers, and what can only be described as a yellow Ben Sherman shirt. 
with wild hair. It's probably, I'm not sure what it's doing then, but it's wild, right? It's probably curtains. Ronnie had, Ronnie had a set of curtains. Oh, I did. Oh, I was bro cream to the max. So I was doing, them so I was doing drama, right? And uh, they were apparently going to, we were trying to get a push off. Honestly, go and find it. It's, it's, it's a wee bit back. You'll need to really scroll. And, uh, so drama, drama was, I loved doing drama because you know what? You're messing about for 50 minutes. It was class. And the teacher loved me. Uh, no, in that way. You get, that's frowned upon. Um, one of our studies wouldn't have been, no. <laughs> uh, so, saying anything. so I went, in, so I was into there and I was trying to do this and I thought, I could do this. This will be class. And then they were trying to get, if I remember right, they were trying to get a tile with like Grove or something to go and study higher P and higher drama. And then they didn't let us do either. So loads of people had subjects because I got I ended up getting a two in P. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> and I thought I could, I could that that would be an easy hire, you know. I was going to do that. And then the drama thing didn't happen. So I went and done whatever the up for the module drama is in uh, sixth year, and that was class. So you had to do you done loads of performances and stuff. No, right, <laughs> so, Ronnie, no. So he says to us, um, "Going to do a pantomime," and uh, Craig had never had a pantomime for years three nights it's going to be class no I've missed it the bit that you think I'm going to so uh, I'll find it I'll find it honestly I'll I'll post up when this goes out right I'll post up so uh, they were doing a panic with Cinderella with Dundee uh, Dundee Twist so obviously I played a ugly sister right and it was class I thought this is definitely for me no no that's I know what you're thinking what Fraser's thinking is (laughs) In the summer, I'd been in Magaluf as a 16-year-old. I will leave that story right there for two weeks. And then uh, I come back and the, the guys had said, oh, we've signed up for a... Is it the talent show or was it the talentless talent it was, show? It was called the talentless talent show. So talentless talent show. And I says, what are we doing? He says, um, we're going to come and just... We're just going to dance. So we're dancing to it. It's raining men. I ain't bother. I'm in. Five of us. Uh, oh, and we're all going to put women's clothes on. There's the perdif. Yep. Right, okay. So uh so I also went as a nurse uh and I was the best. Uh and it was uh That's debatable, Ron. That's debatable. But it was talentless talent, right? Yeah. But we didn't win. <laughs> well, I, I was actually speaking to somebody about this today and she was a few years younger than us at school. Mm. Cannot remember it. I was like, right, come on, this was classic. Yeah, it you can't remember it. We I actually got videotape. we got robbed. Absolutely yeah. robbed. For a wee boy that thought he could sing. Yeah. And he couldn't even sing. So hang on, I'm just worried here that, that you're now thinking that you didn't win a talentless talent show. Yeah, pretty much. Robbed. 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 So you were worse <laughs> than the boy that thought he could sing that couldn't sing. No, they yeah. were better than they thought they were. Yeah. Is that nice? This is where I'm getting confused. We came, we came in second and there was uproar. I, Absolutely I, uproar. The problem we didn't win is because they were shite and I was pretty good. So <laughs> you know, I, I knew my timings. So, yeah, so we done that. And then towards the end of that, you start, we started speaking to the career officer. And it was like, oh, what do you want to do? And I was like, eh. wants to be a female nurse. <laughs> <laughs> and that was his mum's uniform you had on. That was even more worrying. I, I am ready for that. I am ready for that role. So I was like, I think I want to do drama. And like, all right, well, the colleges do that. We can earn you in that. Fine. Right, okay. Go to that. Uh, I said, I quite like to be on the radio. And the boy laughed, right? Is that it there? No, oh, that's, that's yours. Oh, that's a cunt. Oh, my goodness. And that's that's uh, that's just the, that's just the curtains. That's good. So I was like, I want to be in the radio, and the career officer laughed. I was like, Ah, fuck you. So I um, that they were kind of the two I wanted to do, and then I got speaking to the college about going and doing the the, the drama thing, and then it turned out you have to be able to sing and dance. <laughs> now I can I can throw a move out there. 
by, by the singing. Uh, the singing's like a, it's not <laughs> good. So I kind of came that and then, uh, yeah, and I, they were the two I always wanted to do. And I ended up going to study in retail management for two years just because I worked in a shop. I worked in a shop and thought, this is the easiest thing. Because it was the end of six year and I had to do something. Uh, and I was just lucky enough to get a bit of the career that I wanted. But yeah, it was, it was, it was horrific. And look at you now. Look at me now, yeah, sat here with radio. you boys. Illustrious, yeah, colourful career in media. <laughs> I, again, a man of many jobs. That's it. What about you? Um, well, given... So I was brought up in the 70s as a child. Um, I know I don't look at it, you know. It's, I know, we know, we know. Um, and there was three respected professions in my eye at that time. One was a nurse, one was a teacher, one was a policeman. Yeah. Now, we all know what's happened to the police. Yep. We all know teachers are not look, now, now looked after. Um, and my mum, like many people here, she was a nurse. Mm. Yeah, so so I, had, I had two, um, PE teacher. Yeah. But in school, when I was in school, they didn't even have PE as a qualification. There was no O grade or higher or anything like that at all. You couldn't, you, you couldn't qualify. So we simply had PE as, as a vocational thing yeah. for two hours on a, uh, I think it was a Friday when by the time you got to sixth year. Um, and I think some of the stipulations when it came to, to going to college at that point in time seemed to encompass that you had to be a particular level. Now, yeah. I was never, I didn't excel at any sports. I was competent at most sports yeah. representing the school. So that never, ever took off. Um, and so I applied for the police, which was my other one. Um, I was brought up in uh, a v- small village in Fife and my mate's dad was the local policeman. He had a beller job. I think he arrested one pe- one person and all the time I was there. <laughs> it was if all he, done in fear. Yeah, if you ever needed him, he was in the Crown Tavern. That was, you know, it was it was like, what, I can't even remember what it was. It was a heartbeat, you know, one of these, he was just like a beat bobby. Um, and I thought, you know what, that's a beller of a job. I'm, I'm going to go for that. And I applied, um, did my physical fitness exam, um, I then got um, a second interview and then taken back. And this, bear in mind, this was all at 18. I went for the interview and you had to write, they gave you an essay, a subject to write. And at that time, and you're talking, so this was, God, what would it be? Um, 85? Yeah, 1985. Uh, and the subject was, should the police be armed? Now, obviously, at that time, you didn't have the same knife crime that you've got now. Guns were literally unheard of. However, I was brought up watching American cop shows. (laughs) So my essay was, yes, they should be. (laughs) um, By the time I got down in front of the five chief constabulary chief inspector and these cronies were asking about, you know, why I felt this and why I thought that, and I just completely fell a bit. So I got a really nice letter off them just saying that maybe I should go mature for a couple of years (laughs) and apply later. Um, or move to and, Texas, or yeah, <laughs> or London. I, th- I think at that time, yeah, I think at the time I, I, I took um, solace in the fact that I think Fife at that time was one of the most highly rated constabularies in um, Britain. Yeah, well, that was very, very hard. The boy was sitting in the pub. Well, to be fair, yeah, <laughs> couldn't get shot of him. So were other robbers around about him. That was <laughs> probably yeah. So that, that was so that of, was it. That was PE teacher or, or, or police when I was yeah. when I was growing up. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's the thing. It, it, some people make it, and some mm-hmm. some you don't. But I, I never really, especially growing up, I never ever. Apart from probably my dad being a fiery, I think it was the only thing I ever yeah. went. That'd be pretty cool, but no. Nah. And I admire anybody who who knew at that age what they wanted to do. I've got, a, and I went actually over to him, and I was at that in between um, time he, he knew he wanted to be in the Navy his brother was in the armed forces he wanted to be in the Navy mm-hmm. and we went across the end of the day he went to register he says come on mommy come on you've got call. you go as an officer I'll go as an able seaman 
And he signed up for four years there and then, and he retired two years ago, oh. yeah, having completed his full service. That's... And he's seen the world, um, had a great life mm. out of it. They've put um, his wife through university. She's now an English teacher. They've put his daughter mm. through one of the best boarding schools because they were travelling around the world. Yeah. Um, and absolutely, you know, come out with a great life. Um, and he, but he is, I think, struggling a little bit to adapt mm. back to civilian life yeah. because... Nobody recognises the qualifications that you get in the, in the forces. It's, they're not, it's they're, crazy. They say not that they're transferable, transferable yeah. but, <coughs> but they're not. When you equate them over, exactly. I mean, his his life has been people management. You know, managing mm-hmm. cruise ships and stuff like that, and and yet they don't see that as a management mm-hmm. skill because they're within you know the confines yeah. of being in the, in the armed yeah. forces. It's it's crazy. Yeah, and to go for just going in. Yeah, there and that's to, it. You know, so so yeah, and his view was that he was going to go in for four years and come out and be a driving instructor. Oh, that's what he wanted to do. But and, from, from from day one, he knew he wanted to go in the Navy, mm. and I just thought I was really because I had not a clue. Yeah. I know that was two I, I gave, but ended up doing two different colleges, two different courses, and heading into retail. Yeah. And that's what I did. Yeah, I think that's the thing, especially certainly at our age. We were sucked into retail. It was what yeah. I mean, we worked at full time for a wee while as well, and that was hard going. And you never really knew what you wanted to do, you know. And I, I mean, I I done three different college courses just to to get anywhere and then was in radio for five years and then left and I mean leaving started 20 2010 it was horrific it was a good year it was uh, was that <laughs> it was what happened uh, in 2010 I can't remember just me born I got married uh, Ronnie DJ'd at my wedding oh, see, see I took I took one of the Scottish Cup yeah. something like that I see I took any job yeah. any old gig a couple of times framed under Giddy's arm and he scored the goal well, I, um, I yeah I, 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 I hate that because I, I come out and I was like I have to go back and I actually went I went back to retail and quite enjoyed it for five or six years and it led to the job I'm in now but I don't have any regrets about it I just think it's a path written well, when it? I was young what else happened in 2010 what did I do in 2010 Ronnie do you remember you got married no did you go to Paris I scored my first goal at Tanadice and only ever goal oh. at Tanadice <laughs> <laughs> but that's a whole different story oh. You have to get through the judgmental part first. Yeah, I think on 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 both kinds, but it's just a horrendous. And I hear more nightmare stories than mine's, I do good ones. Mine's from part, anyone. I would say ninety five percent are nightmare stories. The floor is yours. The floor is mine. Well, that's what he said. That's what I said to him actually. <laughs> Where to begin? Where to begin? We'll go with the. The, the the guy, the golem plucked Middle Earth. Well, I mean, there's a Lord of the Rings reference early. I like this. Yeah, so there we are. Um, this was back in the day when Tinder would show your mutual Facebook friends. Oh, I yeah. knew it did that. It used to do that. Huh? Um, and on this occasion, it's like, oh, Alistair is a mutual friend. What I should have done, the sensible thing, Alistair, who is this chap? Tell me about him. Ah, okay. I thought, no, I'll find out for myself. Now, obviously did a bit of social media stalking. Everyone does. Everyone does. And I thought, oh, he looks pretty tall. He did a good job. He looked tall in his photos. Um, I was like, oh, cycles. Must be fit. Good chat. Quite funny. So he arranged to me. This is when I was in, living in Heinland in Glasgow. So... I was at the top of Heinland Road. This is important for the next part of the story. We met in courtiers down kind of Partick way. Anyway, so was I expecting this big, handsome guy to walk in? No. Gollum walked in. This tiny little man 
beard, obviously hair, and he had these like olive green brogues on with pointy toes. And I just thought, oh dear, oh dear. So, so at that moment, does the world stop? It does stop. And you think, oh, do I leave? Okay. Do I exit out a toilet window? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so he takes his jacket off. He's actually got quite a good body, but quite a short one. And he's got um, bloody Lord of the Rings tattooed around his arm. And his chat got a bit middle earthy. Okay. Anyway, so I was like, I need to get out of here. I need to leave. <laughs> so we stayed for a drink. Because you're polite. Because I'm polite. And so he bought the first one, I bought the second one. And then I thought, right, after this, done. Home. So during this conversation, he was telling me that, no, I don't, I don't listen to podca- uh, uh, music. I don't like music. I listen to podcasts. Good on him. I good, like good him on already. Him. Good man. I like him already. And I said to him, well, what kind of podcast? What do you listen to? He said, I can't tell you just now. I was like, right, okay, whatever. And uh, so we finished the second drink. And then he said to me, would you like another? And I was thinking of what excuse do I make to leave? <laughs> At which point he goes, you're thinking of something to say so you can leave. I said, no, don't. I know not. Uh, gin, gin, thanks. Another, another couple of drinks. So not only is he Lord of the Rings, he's a mind reader. He's a mind reader. <laughs> he is a mind reader. <laughs> so, and the chat gets back to this bloody podcast. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And he tells me it's a sexual podcast he listens to because it's graphic. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So I then have to ask him, where do you live? I had an idea where he lived. So I worked it out. We'd have to walk up, you know, the Highland Road mm-hmm. so far together. And I would drop him off a certain point. It's like, right, okay, fine. And the point came. It's like, okay, time, time for you to go then. And he went, to, went in for the kiss. I was like, oh, no, thanks. But the best bit is he said to me, would you like to come back to my warm flat and see my cat? No. I mean. Are you sure? Yes. Of all the chat lines. It's not strong. It's not that strong. No. But after you've been telling me you listen to sexually explicit podcasts and do I want to come back to your warm plant and see your cat? I would never, I would never, be, that would be it. I'd be <laughs> kept in a basement somewhere. Yeah, or... Um, Under a patio. Or if he just said, do you want to come back to my warm flat and listen to a podcast? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Shall we make our own? <laughs> you know, different story, different, different story. story. Yeah, I mean, that's... It, and the kind of is that is that, was that kind of the norm? Not not him, but that was this kind of the most of the um, the 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 horrific dates. No, part of your, no, 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 no. Oh, this is a good one. This, 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 some this of them. has been okay. So <laughs> this is probably what you call oversharing this story. But but here we are. Here we here are. Here we are. Um, that was was this guy a match guy? Anyway, he's an Irish guy. I was met in Glasgow, and uh, he was good looking. Average. Oh, he's all right, actually. But he was quite toothy. He had big teeth. Okay. So we met first date. We did something. What did we do? Was it something culture? I think we went to some, um, it was a gallery or a museum. Anyway, that was fine. Chatted. Had a snog. Fine. But because he was toothy, he used to spit a bit when he was speaking. Okay. Okay. So second date, what did we do? We did something the second date anyway. Maybe we just went for drinks. I thought, oh, actually, this guy's all right. Just, just you know, just need to bring a tissue for my face. <laughs> but the third date, 
we um, ended up going to uh, just I think it was a gig somewhere. I think it was Order More. Nice and, place um, as well. Yeah, Probably yeah. I've been chucked out of there many a time. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and yeah, so we're in Oramore, you know, three, three date rule. So we went back to his. Now, bearing, I can't do an Irish accent, so bear with me. So either way, it's going to be offensive or racist, this next It part. is not at all. It's just, I apologise for my bad accent. Okay. So we're in bed and uh, Toothy here is probably spitting all over me and... Um, he turns round and I, I shit you not. It makes me cringe to this day. He turned round in his best kind of suave accent and he said to me, So, oh, so, <laughs> so, when did you last make love? <laughs> <laughs> One thing you mentioned before we can continue with the story, you, you, you've made one statement in it. Punk rock for many is a phase of rebellion. Hmm. Explain that to me. I think it's easy to fall into that category. I think it's easy to be a punk during those stages in your life where, I mean, most teenagers will go through a point in their life where they've got some misplaced anger at something that they need to, to get away. So, I mean, it doesn't... Certainly now these days it's not hard to find a... a it's not hard to find um, music online, and I think it's easy to fall into that, into that, into that trap, and, and let it be a phase. But no, it's, it was never a phase for me. It just I instantly knew straight away that this is something I was going to be involved with for the rest of my life, probably. And so far, it has been. <laughs> so as you get towards the end of the essay. <clears throat> Everything we've discussed in there, there's a wee bit more some of the band stuff that we haven't touched on. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of it, I think, you correct me if I'm wrong, but whether when you've been writing it down, you're getting towards the end and I think you're beginning to kind of, I think you, the way you're writing it and what you're trying to get across. But you then put a really good message out that um, you, you see how different your life would be if, if she doesn't buy the CD, mm. you know what I mean? Which she is, didn't buy it, by the way. I gave her it. Oh, <laughs> so no wonder the band's blah. I wasn't making any money. That's why we never made any money. <laughs> <laughs> but you go into, you know, um, four words you use, heart, soul, passion, meaning, mm-hmm. which I think everyone's got different ways that they can resonate with them. Um, but you urge, you, know, you go and see, I urge each and every one of you to discover something in life that awakens you and stirs you, your soul, and pursue it, which I think is great advice. I think it's solid advice. And make it part of your life, but it's also try things. You know, um, if you don't think you can, you can. If you're worried about how bad it'll sound, if you go into a band and you, you say, I'll send you the first Teardrex CD. Uh, I, actually, I actually don't have any of them, yeah. thankfully. <laughs> you probably made it in the skip with that guitar. Um <laughs> You know, do do it for yourself, you know, do it for anyone. Um, you know, if you do find it hard, you can speak up. And I think now it's, you can. There's loads of different ways mm-hmm. to, to speak to people and open up. And it, it's totally all right. You know, it's totally. Some people might just be in the phase. Someone will always listen. I've always said I'm 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 quite a good talker, but I'm also quite a good listener, mm-hmm. as this podcast has shown. Because I, although I've read the story, Something about when someone tells you it's just so much more, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then you go into near the end and how the essay ends. 
And I really like this bit. Um, it's quite strong because you see at the end of the record I played that made me want to stay alive, which yep. is a huge, huge statement. And we haven't touched on this for an hour. No. But I imagine there's been trigger points throughout the whole phase of your life that you've just thought, I'm done. Yeah. To be here, to be now, to write that especially, was it a massive lift? Was it a release? Yeah. Or was it being honest enough to write it down? I don't I don't think I I don't think I told anybody about it. No certainly nobody close to me. Um but yeah, and another moment in my life that I'll never forget. And yeah, you're quite right in what you said throughout my whole life. When I was young, as soon as I lost mum, when I was young and naive, the, f- the first thing in my head was, well, when people die, they go to heaven. So if mum's gone to heaven because she's dead, then all I want in life is to see her again. So all I need to do is die and I'll see her again. And that thought invaded me for years and years and years. And I think I was just too young to know how to do anything about it at that point or, or, or potentially too scared to, to attempt to do anything about it. Um, so I didn't um, but I thought about it all the time and uh, I th- still thought about it all the time during my teen years and my early 20s and this was potentially mid it would have been mid to late 20s um, I moved into a flat with the second flat I'd ever moved into so I moved uh, this was me moving out of the first flat that I'd moved into, into the second flat and yeah I, I got into the flat that day I'd be getting mail sent to where I worked at the time because I was in between addresses so I'd, I'd been at work I had literally had two cardboard boxes full of everything I owned in the, in the world all my CDs were at my dad's house and were for years after they're still vinyl records my mum's loved so let's just not say too much about that but aside from that everything that I owned was in two boxes and I'd carried them from work up to this flat that I was moving into with my mate and it was a bit of a hovel it wasn't really a it wasn't a very luxurious pad put it that way um, so yeah came in shut the door put the boxes down sat on the the, the stained unsheeted mattress that had been generously left in, in the flat by the landlord for me to sleep on no bed just a mattress and I was just kind of looking around the place going this, this is it you know this is what my life has come to this is all I've got in my life Um, and just by chance at work that day like I say some mail was I was getting mail delivered to my work because I, I didn't have an address at that point Um, so yeah a CD that I'd ordered had arrived so I took it home CD by my from that point on, favourite band of all time, a band who I was lucky enough to play with with 15 minutes. I begged the promoter, who's now good friends of mine, to let us open for them when they played in Glasgow uh, a few years ago. I think that was in 2006. I proposed to Gemma at that gig, incidentally. <laughs> played played the gig with an engagement ring on my pinky for fear of losing it out of my pocket. Well, that's a whole different story. So, yeah, I had the Latterman CD in, in my in my hand, got home into the flat. First thing on Pat, CD player, put it on. I may as well listen to this. But, yeah, I, I was seriously at that point, this is me, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much done. 
Um, I'd met and was with Gemma and I was, I'd basically ruined a relationship towards the end of, of Tearjack because I stupidly chose the band thinking we would make it, fucking idiot. Um, but regardless of that, um, I kind of, I kind of in my heart, heart knew that the, the relationship wasn't going to last anyway. There was a, a move down south on the cards for, for her and that wasn't something that I was interested in. So it was coming to a natural end. So, But that was in the back of my head. I'd, I'd, I'd recently started seeing Gemma and really, really liked her and I was convinced I was going to completely fuck this up as well. So all this was just playing in my head and I thought, well, this is pretty much as low as, as it's going to get at this point in my life, apart from her. And, and at that point, I didn't think I had got to the point where damage was you know, irreparable, you know, she'd get over it, it was what kept going through my head and uh, but yeah, I thought I may as well listen to this because, you know, it's meant to be good I'd read good stuff about it, banged the CD on sat down, old school style I had to, I had, I'd gone back to buying CDs because um, I only had a CD player I couldn't afford anything else at that point so it was actually was a CD at this point so I put the CD on and was flicking through the book. And yeah, like I say, the, the last song on the album um, gets to its sort of conclusion and uh, it's basically, it, I mean, Latterman are a force of positivity, like un- incredible. I've never heard a band before or 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 after that's, that's anything like them. They're just a complete force of, you know, just positive energy. Um, it's just... It just I don't know I just I like like I credit that band with saving my life you know I mean I've 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 gone on record cheesily and quoted before you know punk rock saved my life and all the rest of it and then to a certain extent it did but that night like they, that they actually did stop me from doing something completely terrible and yeah like I say the the last line of the last song on the album is just it builds to a point and they just repeat over and over again the strength is always there and it was just the it's like, well, if you listen to the recording, that they essentially have all of their mates in the room, and everybody takes a shot at, at screaming the line out in their own style, and that's what you get. You know, it's like that strength is always there. The next person, the strength is always there, and it just it just drummed it and drummed it and drummed it and drummed it into my head throughout the whole duration of the end of that song. And I just can't. I was lying there in the middle of the room. You know, I was just thinking to myself, "What the fuck am I doing?" You know what I mean? What am I even contemplating here? Look what I've come through to get to this point. You know, nothing so far has beaten me. So, like, today of all days, why did I let today beat me? So, I just flipped it around and put the record on again and listened to the whole thing again. And I think if that had been any other message at the end of that, if they structured that in any other way or dropped that song from that album... I don't want to know. I don't want to contemplate what, where I could end up that night, but it certainly would have involved a lot of harm to myself. So, yeah, I think about that night over and over again, and for 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 music to be able to have that effect still, you know, it just made me. It just made me want to stay alive. It made me want to spread that message. It made me want to write more songs that were like that and it was just uh, yeah like I say it's, it's hard to put it into words 
Yeah, so uni was basically because I was into sport. I was I've always been sports daft, mainly football, but I was good at sport and that. So it was a case of right sports div- sports sport um sport and exercise mm. to see to start with, and then you branch off to whatever you want. But see, that see, was that, aye? if we just we'll rewind just slightly, just at school, just when you mentioned the PE thing, right? Was there any of the random because you, everyone football, football, football? But was there any other kind of sport that you either at the time you thought that's not for me that you excelled in or whatever? Well, because I had a load of mates that were well into water polo and volleyball. Right, the, the like my worst probably thing right was swimming. Right, right, okay. And I mean, see when they say that white men can't jump, trust me, black people can't swim like I. <laughs> I'm no joking. It was honestly, I used to dread it. I used to say to my mum, can I not tap my swimming stuff to make it look like I didn't need to go and swim in that? Because like, I hated it. Like okay. When I got taught to swim, I was in a class with four and five-year-old bairns at 13, right? Learning to swim with two floats and armbands in a hand. I, I was the biggest minter in my life, honestly. Like Me and water just didn't go. Like, can land, I can swim. What? But I'll tell you one thing. See, if I was on a boat in the middle of the sea and it got torpedoed, I'm shark bait. Like, I'm, I'm at, like, I'm, I'm humped. I just, I'll just admit defeat because I can't kind of tread water or nothing. Okay. I've got to be constantly going. Right, right. Whereas maybe brother's the opposite. He can, he's like a fish, like, so he's probably the exception to that black man can't swim rule, but I'm, I'm hopeless at it. So really? that was my worst thing. So when you, if you were at the Morgan, did you go to Northern College, yeah. as it was called, uh, Gardine? Gardine. And, and they stuck the brick uh, in. You had to put your jammies on. Uh, they went, on you go. The horse chain. <laughs> never think so. Nah. I, I, okay. But see the thing is That was my like I dreaded it like yeah, like Honestly I, like, I used to fear Having to go swimming That was my biggest hate yeah. At school What else was there I was good at basketball And again That's not a stereotyping I just picked up <laughs> I, could, I could shoot I could shoot three pointers And free throws My passing wasn't the best like, But I was alright at that yeah. Volleyball It was more interesting Kicking the volleyballs And I, I remember I, My mate set me up for a volley And I got a filthy connection And melted some lassie In the chin with the bar I about killed her so <laughs> I think it was uh, yeah. I got in, I got probably more in trouble for kicking the volleyballs than actually playing volleyball. Oh, you've dropped your, you've dropped your ball. Oh, you can take pick up Peter's ball tomorrow. It's number. It's fifty-seven. I was going to lie. Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. <laughs> Great. Player pass. You keep saying that, and you know I'm going to play. Question 57, how bad was your first time? Um, well, I actually think it was quite good because he didn't believe me that it was my first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, so I take that as a compliment. Well, you imagine when she'd made that noise, imagine the action I also got with a hand celebrating in the air. All right, so, so do you think it was, it was all good? I mean, it was... It was like, hopefully nobody that I know listens to this. It was very much just to get it over with. <laughs> I mean... Well, it's, it's, you know, famously, it's not always the best, is it? No. So... I told you the story last night and I won't repeat it. Uh, don't, don't... Uh, Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, no, just get it done, get it out of the way. Move on. Sorted. Move on. Remember, oh, Magaluf, remember his name though Hey Nick from Malia Right next number You're in the 20s again oh. What number are you wearing on the 20s? 23 Nah it's 26 oh. <laughs> uh, 26 Oh what's your favourite word? My favourite word? My favourite word is obstreperous Explain because my dad calls me it quite a lot, and it's a really good word to describe people. It means noisy and difficult to control. 
You could be described as obstreperous. Ronnie, stop being so obstreperous. I can't even spell that word, nor even say it, but I'm, I'm up it's for that. It's a great word, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So why is your dad's, why has he called you that? Um... Or when did he start calling you that? Oh, he's always called me that. And then yeah. we'll get to the then we'll get to the point is where is your dad right now? Where is my dad? Oh, <laughs> my dad is in my house in my bath. Why? <laughs> because he's got a sore hip from playing tennis, and he doesn't have a bath at his house, so he's using mine. My sister has a bath, but she doesn't have a cat, so that's why my flat has been selected for this evening. Well, there you go. Yeah. Eh? So, having a lovely time in my bath, asking me, can I use the Redox and the Epsom salts? I was like, knock yourself out. Uh, what yeah. you what you need to get. Now, I'm I'm not preaching to you, uh-huh. right? But if you had a wee rummage in my shower caddy, mm-hmm. you would find uh, Lush Snow Fairy. Ooh. Winner. Absolute winner. Yes, it's a gel. My sister has the, like, uh... It's in like a cleaning spray bottle, but I think it's like a perfume. Body it's spray. Yeah, far too strong. Like oh, that. I, oh, I know. Yeah, that is oh. potent. Oh, I know but how strong the, that is. Yeah, but the, the like the shower gel itself is lovely. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's in the shower, carry. Yeah. It's awesome. I'll pinch it up before I go. It's yeah. a little bit of a day on versus day off, just to see how open and flexible your eating is. So yeah. day on would be when you're working, you're a professional, personal trainer, you're, although you're a wee bit more relaxed, it's not chicken and broccoli, and then yeah. what you'd be having if it was a more relaxed day. So if you're working, how do you start your day on a very air? Because you're up about half past four, isn't it? Yeah, so I'll talk you through my day now. So currently, I've started skipping breakfast, not for any reason. I've just found when I was eating food straight away, what I do, I kind of set something up in my head. Well, mate, once I put food in my mouth, I just want more food. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it works. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to fuck that off. So I get up at half four, completely leave it, get to the gym. I'll do a tiny bit, do like some stretching. I'll do like three clients. Then I'll have the chicken sausages. I'll make a chicken sausage butter. So it's it's, it's um, improved from the actual chicken. I was having the Cajun chicken, one of the best chicken butter. Um <laughs> So sausage butter, then I'll have one of the, the yogurts with it. The, the Aldi have just brought some protein yogurts out, whatever they have. So that's a chicken butter yep. and then the yogurt. If I'm training, I'll have a bit of rice pudding. I'll bang a, protein, um, a scoop of whey protein in that. Then you'll get to about 2 o'clock. I'll have a bag of microwave veg with the chicken sausages again. <laughs> and then there's that um, carrot and sweet mash. And then I'll bang a load of um, best chicken gravy over it, mate. Mate, it's, mate, it's banging. And it, whoever's listening, honestly, they presume gravy's high in calories. It's not. It's extremely low in calories. So fucking get gravy on everything. <laughs> There's an IGTV about that. <laughs> mate, yeah, mate. They're going to love it, aren't they? Yeah. And then evening meal, it varies. I went through the phase of having the chicken curry because Mayflower is a curry sauce that you can get from oh, B&M bag. banging, in it? Nah, nah, it's a game changer. So I've been smashing that a hell of a lot. So, so you'd yeah. have, have that on anything, really? Nah, it's so nice. Yeah. It's do, you so much, nice. Uh, do you do much snacking while you're... Do I don't as much as I used to, mate. No, I've kind of... I've come... I've, I don't know if I've actually ever been a massive snack. I think because I'm busy, mate, and I am constantly mm. engaging with people, do you know what I mean? I don't really think about it. Because if we think about sometimes snacking, it's, um, it's a result of boredom. Yeah, yeah. 
a lot of just to get, it's just to give yourself something to do yeah and it's just easily done and then if you look so a bad day mate or a day off that, let's not call it a bad let's just call it a day off yeah a day man i don't even like come weekend i think like I, I tell you what so say we're going to morrison's i pretty much eat the same every day because because i eat like that's not a really boring day is it when i'm slapping gravy and curry sauce over no, definitely not <laughs> so when you get to weekend mate i've already had my chip shot curry i've already had my gravy so i'd say a saturday night i like to have a little bit of a takeaway away but we'll yeah. do a fake away we, yeah. we prefer to make it so prefer you see me i like to make a burger and do my own chips and everything yeah so, yeah what's yeah. your kind of go-to at the moment what's your uh what's what have you been having Morrison's have got some sourdough pizzas in the frozen section there. Two pound fifty. They've got these spicy salami things. About eleven hundred calories. Mate, it's a game changer. <laughs> mate, are you still having that? Are you still having that extra large bottle of beer with it as well? No, mate. I had to stop it. It was causing mental health issues. <laughs> what a surprise! You see the size <laughs> of that fucking bottle. Mate, that was one every day. <laughs> yeah, Fuck it was in the calories, but yeah, mate. I was waking up just slightly hungover mm. on one bottle. So yes. I that off. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's mad. Yes. Um, how is um, how's your mental health now? Then how how do you deal? Kind of how's your day to day with kind of everything? So it's morning routine. That's yeah. that's what I massively swear by. So morning routine. I like to. I've got an evening routine, so I don't have to stress in the morning mm. having things ready. Yeah. So you're not worrying about packing your bag. You're not worrying about prepping your lunch and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And then I like to think. So when I'm in bed and the alarm goes off, I like to remember that I woke up this morning. Do you know what I mean? I'm grateful. I'm in a warm bed. I'm going to take myself into the shower I'm going to warm water do you know what I mean I've got access to all these things mm. that's already putting me in a good state of mind and just remembering that you are getting up you are going to a job that's going to be uh, going to allow you to pay your bills I'm driving to work do you know what I mean I'm in a nice warm car I'm listening to a podcast I'm constantly learning do you know what I mean and it's just it's that makes how you set off in the morning it's how you set off in the morning and that makes a massive difference and how important is it to have kind of that um, the home life and the family and everything about it because I mean you're your your uh, hairy friend is the uh, biggest star of your nah, stories right now. Mate, he changed everything. And <laughs> one thing, mate, one thing that I can say with that is what you, you learn massively from a dog. Because when you watch a dog, if you just, mate, it sounds crack as this. When you watch what they do, mate, he'll sit there and he'll just look at something and he'll just play with a ball. He'll chew something. He'll go out. He'll have a piss. He'll have a shit. He'll come back in and you're like, why is, why is he not bothered? Because he's not worrying about anything else. He's just fucking in that moment. And this is what they try and teach us for, for your mental health. You want your mental, you want the mental chill. You want quiet time. And these, these animals can consistently do it. So that's what you want to do. You want to be more dog. I <laughs> <laughs> just want to be more dog. Um, that's it, man. Are you the that's type, it. are you the type of guy that sets yourself goals or targets or anything for 2020 or anything like that? Yeah, so I've got a few things in plan, mate. I want to obviously expand with the online work, you know what I mean? I want to try and um, get out to as many people as possible. I'm still going to stick in the gym because I hold myself accountable to getting up in the morning, knowing that I've got like a six o'clock starter. So I'll, I think I'll probably be in the gym for a long time, but I'll be reducing my hours. I'll be putting more online work, and then we are going to look towards getting to um, getting into like corporate companies and putting out seminars, mate. So mm. that's, uh, that's our next goal. How did you find when the the rejection the rejections come in? 
you know, how hard was it? Or because it's maybe a first draft, does it make you go, you know what, maybe change this and change that? Or See, I've got, I've, the books I'd submitted before, because um, this wasn't the very first book I ever submitted. So the books I submitted before, I took them a lot harder. Um, but this one was quite easy to just say, well, of course we're going to reject it. I'm, Eva literally sucks Hitler's dick in this book. Like it's, it's, it's horrible. Um, so I knew it wasn't going to be everyone's cup of tea. Um, and so I knew that I was going to get that kind of rejection from it. So it was easier for that because I was like, well, it's maybe the subject matter they don't like as opposed to my writing. Um, and I never really tinkered with it that much. So you've mentioned the characters in a kind of wee bit. Tell us about the book. Tell us how it is in its published form right now. Oh, so um, it's about Eva Braun during World War II. Um, so it starts in 1939 on the day that war is declared. Um, and it's about her journey through the war because um, a lot of people don't, you know Eva Braun's name, but you don't know much about her. Um, and it's about essentially her descent into madness with Hitler um, and her relationship with him and how she ended up wielding this tremendous amount of power in his private sphere, but still was powerless in her own life. Um, so it's about her descent into madness. And how was the kind of research of it? Because it's quite, it's very niche. It's very, this is the character I'm writing about. How, what was that phase like? The devil. Yeah. The absolute devil. Because um, this was actually born because every, I was only going to do a wee 3,000 word former portfolio for the master's um, scene of Eva. So I wanted to do my research. I wanted to find out, okay, what, what part we're going to write about. And every male historian I could find said she was an apolitical, asexual nobody. And that, that didn't ring true in my head. I went, how can how can she be a nobody? Someone referred to her as a war mistress. And I'm like, but she met him in 1929. Like, so what happened between those 10 years, between 1929 and 1939? Um, everyone just wrote her off as this nobody. And I think that kind of got my back up a wee bit. And I was like, well, she can't be. Don't tell me she's a no That doesn't make any sense. So I did as Angela Lambert and Thomas Lundmark were the books I used the most. Um, they were amazing. And yeah, like Christmas Day, I was sitting doing my research for it. Um, I set it out by year. So what did she do in 1939? What did she do in 1940? And so on and so on. And then I built the story up around that. Um, so everything bar two or three things is completely accurate where she was, who was with her, um, the people in it are all factually correct. Um, and anything that's not, I put at the end and say, I changed these dates for this reason. I moved this for this part of the narrative. Um, but there's you know so little about her that I was given a lot of free reign, which is why I always refer to her as my Eva, um, because I deliberately sidestepped some very huge issues, obviously, um, because they're terrible, terrible people. Um, and that was the hardest bit trying to give nuance because your characters need it in life to people that you yourself actually don't like. When it, when you, you you said your story was a bit different how it got published. So what, what happens there for it to, because it is now on shelves. Oh, so. Well, yeah. So I'm, so this actually, mate, this sounds better than it actually was. Um, it sounds like the dream, but it's not. So, but it is. It is, it is, it is. I should just be appreciative of it. But my gran was sick to death of me talking about it. She was sick of hearing me being upset about agents. From the minute I wrote the book, she said, Connor, self-publish that book. Stop it. Self-publish it. 
pack it in. And I was like, no, no, I want, I want the traditional publishing nodes and I want this and I want that and then blah, 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 blah. Did um, you have a diva moment? By oh, a hundred percent. Of course I did. Ugh. I was like, why don't these people recognize my brilliance, darling? Um, so she just went, Connor, I'm sick of it. Publish it. Put it out there. Move on. Start the next one. You're just at the start of your journey. Just get it out. So I did. I designed the cover, which I'm very proud of. Um, edited it. Did everything myself. Um, put it out. It was self-published on January 28th of last year, 2018. And within about three weeks, um, my friend Joe, who had done the Masters with, tagged me in this publisher's tweet about they were looking for um, short stories for their anthology. Um, and she tagged me and I said, yes, I'm going to apply to them. I'm going to write a short story. And I got a tweet saying, we've just sort of written a book and we love it. And I was like, okay, thanks. Uh, okay, appreciate it. And she's like, no, no. What's your email address? We need to get in touch. And I was like, okay. So I sent her an email. She was like, we want to publish this book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's only been three weeks. Are you are you for real? Um, so we, just sorry to jump in, but when yeah. you say um, you self-published it, is that just in digital format? Yeah, so I'm going to publish it on Amazon. Like I didn't faff about any of these margins and how to get it as a paper yeah. copy. And but you got, it, you, you got it out there, which is the the first thing to do. Oh yeah, it was on Amazon. Anyone could buy it. Yeah. Um, I and sold then, quite a few copies myself, which was quite cool. And then three weeks later, so pick that up again. So you get... Oh yeah, the, so they get in touch with me and they say, um, we want it for our catalogue. We want, we want your book. And I'm like, have it. And they're like, no, no, okay, we want it, blah, blah, let's talk. And I'm like, no, no, just have it. Have it. It's yours. It's You do what you want with it. You want, you're a publisher and you're going to sign me. Go for it. And um, so we spoke about terms and all the rest of it. And how did you how did you find that side of things? Because well, it was hard. You you and your you're an artist. You're a you're an author, a creative, all this. So you've done the book. You've done a bit of the. You've dabbled in the design of how it's going to look. You've done the end notes. You've done all this, and then it comes to the business side of stuff, which you're. You're in the business side of it for to make it a career, but when it comes to this whole negotiation, was it a bit like <sighs> every every book on how to be a writer will say you need to be a business person and a writer? Mm-hmm. Every single one does. And do you want? Know yeah, you kind of probably need to do, but I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just don't. I just want to sit and write and spend the rest of my life doing it. Um, so that bit was hard, but. I was very lucky because it's Dark Ink Press that my book's published with. Um, and the terms they gave me were better than what you would get with any, because they're an independent publisher and it's run by authors. Um, so it's not one of the big ones, but I mean, you'll find most places, especially in Scotland, like Kranachan Publishing and Berlin and stuff, they're all quite independent. That's how you get your books out. And that's most of the books that we read. Um, and so they gave me what I wanted, essentially, that I would have asked for. Um and it was reasonable and they said they were going to do this, this and this and they wanted me to do that and that and I said okay and then I signed my first book deal and it was amazing. So w- w- when that then happens, how long was it till you you got a copy, the actual copy in your hand? So the traditional publishing way usually takes a bit longer than this but because I'd edited it myself so thoroughly because I was going to self-publish it. So I did a lot more editing on it than you would naturally. Because you would give it to someone else, wouldn't you? So kind of Usually that's how it works. Like when your publisher takes it on, they put it through their editor and their editor makes suggestions, which is exactly what happened in this case too. I was just really fortunate that the editor 
loved it and didn't really want they changed i made mistakes in grammar i made mistakes with punctuation and stuff like that and they changed that but the actual story itself i mean i've heard stories of authors and it's very common the publisher wants the whole ending changed or they want this and i was i was fortunate they didn't want that with me um so i got the book in the end of it was published on the 5th of june I got it just at the end of May. So not not long before. No, so it's February to me. Yeah. Well, has he got a shirt with a name on it? Or is his own name? His own. Aye, he's a wee bum. Has he? Yeah. So we'll just get him the the number on the back is his age. Okay. So this summer when the new one comes out, it'll be Leo 10. Okay. Yeah. But we've had them. Oh, he just goes first name as well, eh? Yeah. Classy, I like I that. he's Brazilian. What can I say? Do you have a story to tell? A passion to share? or just want to spend an hour talking about life in general, then send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I think the reason that we've done that, for certainly for United, because he's got, as I say, he's got Raheem Sterling's uh, trip, he's got Mo Salah for Liverpool, Messi for Barcelona, but I think the reason that I convinced him to get his own name on a United strip is because the turnover of players, you just never know. I mean, it's not like when, when I was growing up, like United had Sturrock. Neri, Hegarty, Malpass. There about 15 players and that was it. Yeah, for years. For years. And yeah. like, they didn't have names on the back of their jerseys yeah. then, but if they did, then you, you would have comfortably got your money's worth. I, li- I, l- I love that he's got just his first name. I yeah. love that. You know what? It's because it's, it's not Yeah, but he's, he's, he's just, no, he's a child, so <laughs> you can't have McNuckle. He would hit against shoulder pads on it. <laughs> and a cosmere. <laughs> exactly. So Leo's perfect. Yeah. Mind he's the charge by the letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. Absolute chances. Yeah, that's brilliant. He's he's happy. Happy with his football strips. I asked him the other week. I was speaking to somebody on Twitter again when I was having a, a bit of a rough time of it, and he was like, "Look, go and ask, go and ask Leo his three favourite things, and then try and focus on that because the wee man was just going through a bit of a, a tough time." I was like, "Okay, I'll ask him. I'll see what he says." So I was like, "Leo, what is what's the three favourite things that you've mm. done? You know, you're only ten. He was like, "Oh, uh, well, going to my going to my football." Which is he goes to the the para football on a Sunday morning. Absolutely loves it. Good. Uh, going to see United and uh, and uh, spending time with you and mum. Hey. I was like, oh man, where did you throw that in? Yeah, yeah. For... <laughs> Some of mine now. But What's straight going away, on here? Yeah, but his first day were football. That's right, more important that's than spending it, yeah. time with me. That's class. So yeah, I was I was like, that's that's good, right? So yeah. if we're going through a tough time again, we'll try and focus on. Yeah. Well, I noticed like that. that you you were having a bit of a. Bit of a time of that, yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think he's. Well, he's ten now. I think he's just getting to an age where he's starting to notice that he's slightly different mm. from his buddies. Uh, so, yeah, it's tough. You know, it's 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 going to be tough. There'll be times that are tougher still. I could imagine, but it's just difficult when you're a parent and you know if he falls, he grazes his knee. You go, you pick him up, you clean him up, you patch him up, you give him a hug, and things are fine. But when he when he comes at you and says, "Well, you know," this and that and I can't do that and I can't do this and so and so can do everything I'm like right okay you just, you've just got to try your best you've just got to focus on try and reiterate to him like, well okay then you know you maybe know the best at doing that but look at all these things you can do try and try and accentuate the positives that he's got and he yeah. he, he does but uh, ah, it, was, it was tough it was tough that's just being a parent and regardless of having a, a kid with a disability you know all, every parent will go through uh, times like that when there's when there's an issue I think the thing was as well you know you got a real a real good response for people yeah yeah. you know of it and I think you're you're one of these guys on on Twitter that's never 
you know, it's very straight down the middle, but quite like quite nice, quite likable. There's nothing real controversial, mm. you know, or, or you know, you're gonna post memes to get reactions. It's all yeah, you know, quite you'll say say what's on your mind, but also you'll get involved in conversation and stuff. Yeah. And I and I think I, I caught it a wee bit later on, I think. And then when you put something like that up and it's like it's also being you know, I've got these people that you interact every day. You're the same as me. You're on every day. You yeah. chat somebody every day or whatever. And you put it on and, and it's kind of the, I mean, I don't know how many replies you got, but certainly some of them I read, it was a real nice outpouring. Yeah, and you know, was, the big thing is as well, some of these people are still total strangers that I speak to. Yeah. I've actually, never met. Most of them are, Ron. And most of them are. I think it's it, it's brilliant like that yeah, as well. I, you know, I, was, I was humbled by it. You know, I mean, I saw, I think I posted it in the, in the evening. Uh, so I was getting some replies back and forward from people in mainland Europe, <laughs> uh, South America, uh, other parts of Scotland, people saying, well, look, I've, I've went through this or, or my brother's been through that. You know, it was, yeah, there was one that I read that the boy had his nearly in tears again. I'll not mention his name, mm. but I told him at the time. But uh, oh, it was, I couldn't believe it, you know, because I was just trying to, I guess I was just putting like a text message out to the world there thinking, you know, this is, this is tough. I'm sure other people have been through something as tough as this. What's what's any advice? Any advice would but be great. Ten, right now. ten years ago, that wasn't there. Twelve no, years that, ago, that wouldn't have been possible. Have that. Yeah. Whereas you have to stew on it yourself. You know, you could text a, a group WhatsApp or whatever of, of close people you know that might be a wee bit too nice with the the, yeah. the approach. Whereas mm. you put it there. Don't get me wrong. Some people in the world are fucking assholes, mm. and you would get some. You could you could get some real horrible responses. Yeah, but in general, yeah. You know, I think your outpouring was really good. You know, you, it was you, all positive. No, ask because you know what it's like. People, yeah, no, but, it, but. but it's when 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 shit things happen in the world, you've got to remember it's a small percentage, it's a real small percentage. Yeah. The majority of people are not bad or evil. Or, and, and the big thing is as well is you know you're 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 putting you're putting yourself really out there. You put yourself in a quite quite vulnerable because it's like yeah yeah this yeah, is but, what I'm going through. What's yeah. on? Well, I mean, I didn't I didn't want it to come across as it's me that's going through this. Although I, I was having to deal with it. You know, it's the wee man. He's he's struggling and he was having to deal yeah. with it. Uh, and I just didn't have an answer at that time. You know, he was, it didn't matter what I said that night. He was just breaking his heart, you know, mm. saying, I don't want to be disabled. You know, I don't want, don't want to be like this. Mm. Why am I like this? And honestly, Ron, it's just that you, when you don't have an answer for something like that, it's it's hard. It's hard to deal with. It's, uh, it's tough. So that was just like an SOS to, the Twitterati out there. But as I say, everybody that got in touch was absolutely top notch. Mm. Is, really is this the first time something like this has come up? Well, more sometimes that's... He has wee, wee moments, but this was the biggest, like this was definitely the biggest. And it wasn't, you know, the way some kids will have a meltdown and it's a tantrum and what, it wasn't like that. You know, he was just despondent about it. Uh, he, he was just defeated that night. But mm. as I say, he's he's got over it, but I'm sure it'll happen again. There'll be There'll be certain things that just trigger it, yeah. trigger that that thought process for him. But we just got to, you know, I don't know. There was somebody, somebody got in touch. I can't, I can't remember who it was, but he says, "Look, you've just basically got to, you know, be there for him." And uh, one piece of advice I would give you is kind of kind of rip the piss. Yeah. And like obviously, I, I knew exactly what he meant. Yeah. You know, we've because he's going to go to secondary school or or he's going to go through life, and people are going to call him certain names. I've not even I've not even had that conversation no, with him no, yet no. because he's only ten. That's but I know it's going to happen and I know it's going to hurt me. Mm. So and I know that he's quite a sensitive soul as well. So it's going to hurt him. But uh, so I get why that guy was saying, 
you know, you've got to learn to rip the piss out yourself yeah. before you face these other challenges that are going to come along. So we always joke about certain things, you know, but nothing overly close to the bone just now because, as I say, he's, he's just a wee lad. Yeah. Uh, and he'll he'll deal with it whatever way he can, but he's, he's my wee lad, so yeah, I'll no, always be there for him. And that's the thing. I, I, somebody else said it as well. I mean, I, I've met him and I would never have known, you know, I've yeah. only met him once going out. Yeah. Meeting at the football once, but I would, I would never. I, th- I think... Uh, I think that's maybe what, what triggers it sometimes with Leo because he's, I, I don't want to say the word normal, but if I say that, you, you'll know what I mean. Mm. He's almost mm-hmm. normal, yeah. but he's slightly not. And when he realises he's not, I think that's when he, he gets quite down on himself yeah. and it becomes well, it becomes quite a big issue. And I, I don't know what he's going through because I, I'm no him. I, no, I don't have a, dis- a disability, I, you know. But... Uh, yeah, and when he's only 10 as well, the vocabulary that he's got, is, he's not able to put it into words how he truly yeah. feels yeah. Qu- uh, quite yet. So, yeah, it's just tears and snotters. Let's move on to our next number, if we can find it and turn it round. We are looking at number, we're in the 20s again, 27. <sighs> what is your least favourite word? My least favourite word? Yeah. Alison got your least favourite word and she, she said moist, moist followed by gusset. See, I quite like gusset as a word. Oh, really? Yeah, I think gusset's a great word. Oh, no. You imagine a pub called the Sweaty Gusset. Let's go down the Sweaty Gusset tonight. No, I can't. <laughs> no, I can't. I am... Clearly a niche market that's untapped. I, 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 I've been teaching myself this lately, right? Uh-huh. And, and I'll try not to take up too much of your time. I've been mm-hmm. teaching myself lately because of situations mm-hmm. uh, as... Not just saying the first thing mm-hmm. and just blurting out. I'm actually yeah. stopping myself and going, I probably shouldn't say anything should, here. Uh, yeah. You know, you know I what I'm consider like. Consider how you this know, will be received. You know, like when I call someone yeah. boring and I should yeah. just go, Oh, I'll just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> um so I've been I've been doing that. And then uh, when you said there, we want to go down the <laughs> what did you call that pub? The sweaty the gusset. sweaty gusset. Right away, I had a, I had an answer for you, but I've just stopped myself because oh. that's what I'm doing. I'm a new man. You are a new man. So, uh, so what's your least favourite word? I don't think I've got a least favourite word. No, to be perfectly honest. Have you no. got? A, have you got? A, is there any word you hate the sound of? Is a word you you just you maybe don't like? I know a lot of people don't see word, and I love it. It's yeah, a term of endearment no, for yeah, me. No, I love the c word. I use that quite frequently. Yeah. Um, Claggy oh, is a bit of a, oh, no. depending on the context it's being used in. Sometimes it's such the right word, and other times it's too vivid a word. Do you want to give us a, do you want to give us a line using it? We'll see if that comes up later. Oh, no. <laughs> right, so claggy we're having. Yeah. I'm, right, I'm going to write claggy. that down. Claggy. I mean, how are you spelling claggy? C-L-A-G-G-Y. That's what I would go yeah. for. That's claggy. what I wrote, yeah. I would have walked out after half an hour, which is what I should have done the other week. Yeah, go on. Oh, God. First of all, I talked about sending SMSs, not text messages. Now, can I just put it out there? This guy, as he did not tire of telling me, worked for a tech company or something to do mobile phones and apps. So why is he referring to text, first of all, as an SMS beyond me? Anyway, he said, right, well, I'll meet you. Well, it goes back to a couple of, I mean, a year or so ago, would range to me. And I just I thought, no, nah, rubber down. Completely pied him. Like, no, no, no. And then would match the game. And uh, 
his chat was dire. So I was like, unmatched him. And then he super liked me. He thought, right, I have to, I have to make this guy just... Just do it, Emma. Pull yourself together. I love You're- the fact that you think, I totally own him, so I'm going to go on this date. <laughs> and I thought, half an hour tops. Pull yourself together. Yeah. You can do it. I did it. And he said, oh, I'll be waiting with a rose. I was like, you better bloody not be. So I met him. I thought, actually, you look, you seem to be a bit more better than I thought you'd be. Uh, but shame about the rose, but Cheers. So it, I thought we was going to go for a drink. I honestly thought I'd be there for half an hour, pay my dues, off I go, back up the road, fine. Chips in hand, probably. But no, no. I met him at seven, just after seven. So the table's booked for eight. What? What, oh, you food? Who eats on the first date, anyway? Yep. So he starts chatting. Oh, he's chatty and he's chatting and he's chatting and by eight o'clock he's still talking. Yeah, with me. <laughs> it, could, it could be Ronnie. It could be your Mexican double. And, uh, like me. oh God. And he just wouldn't stop talking about himself the whole evening. He asked me three questions about myself and that was it. What were they? Um, do I have a sister? What was it like growing up in Dundee? I don't know, I didn't grow up in Dundee. And was I for Brexit? That, that was my three questions. I mean, yeah. I was trying to connect telepathically to the waiting staff. Save me. They didn't, they, their vibes were out, man. They weren't <coughs> thinking about anything. It's like, oh God. So when he kept, that's right. And he, so dinner was finished. Um, and I said, right, we'll get the bill then. Just like that. So, so he paid, he paid for it, not by cash or a car, but by his watch. And I thought, you fucking... Didn't swear you, you effing twat. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Oh, but then I thought, then I thought, right, I'm going to be obliged to this guy. Context deserves the swear. Oh dear. Oh God. <laughs> and then I thought, right, I'm going to owe this guy something. I can't have him paying for the whole night because then he might think I want a second date, which I did not. So we ended up going for drinks. Yeah. Which continued for him to be talking at me again and again and again, just talking at me. But then he kept on moving closer and closer into me. Did I not get boundaries? I still had the rose at this point as well. You did. Mentor. I was carrying <laughs> this around. Yeah, check who's on a date. Oh. Me. Trying to be casual. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be involved here, oh, but I am God. here. Yeah. And you could tell, and he kept on like backing me into this corner. I was like, look, you need to go and stand there and give me some space. Yeah. Yeah. Then we had a couple more drinks after that and... Um, he gave me a kiss goodnight and I just jumped in the taxi and I papped the rose off the taxi driver, told him the story. <laughs> it was just horrific. Now, normally, had that been a normal situation, I would have met him, given half an hour and then buggered off. Yeah. Because he had fat in the dinner, then he paid for it. I felt obliged to buy drink. You need your flower. Yeah. It's the flower and I'll just pay with this my watch. <laughs> oh, stop it. I'm a fucking dick. Because I'm a dick. <laughs> I'm a douchebag. <laughs> So in- Oh, and that's another thing he said. So we're in this pub. Oh, this'll be oh, good. Oh God. This'll be good. Oh, Jesus Christ. So we're chatting and I'm getting more like backed further and further into the wall. Yeah. And he said, Oh no, bearing in mind I'm twenty one. He's like, um he's saying, Oh, you know, it it is kind of Mexican accent. I can't do accents, so I'm not gonna try. Like, oh, you're so cute. Uh you're fun, you're so funny and cute and you're intelligent and you got how was it? You got nice eyes and a, a 
pretty smile, something like that. I'm fucking cute. Cute you in the balls, mate. I'm not a child or a dog. No. They're cute. Yes. Well, dogs are. Children can be. Well, Ben's. But I just thought, how patronising to call someone of my young age cute. Yeah. Just shut up. Yeah, I mean, you were looking for... Bugger off, go home, I'm going home now. That's what I was looking for. So we're two down, still not got your number. Let's move on. Hey, she went there. Uh, Alison went a long time for getting, well, a number. I don't mind anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Kill me for saying that. Oh, 22. Yes. 22. So we've got one off your list. Uh, the question is, because this will be an interesting answer. Where's the weirdest place you've woken up? Oh, <laughs> I don't know if it's a weird, but a weirdest place to wake up. Well, it kind, it kind of is. Um, I had a night, well, I didn't have a night out. I actually didn't make it out this night. So me and my friends, we were out, uh, we were drinking. Oh, you know, the person that was Bev. We were at Bev's house. And uh, I always remember, Bev. I always remember, um, we were, what was it? Was it, it was a, I think it was St. Patrick's night. We were out. Um, we were drinking. We had a green themed drink. Bev was on the. Is that the not a, Venom? The Agua. No, that's, we're, we're too old to be drinking Venoms. That was this we're talking about 10 years ago or something. I'm glad you said that. Um, yeah, and uh, I just got so, so very, very, very drunk before anybody went anywhere. I was being sick in the house, and then they put me to bed. And I remember. They put me to bed. Oh, I don't really remember it. Put me to bed, locked the door, and then they all went out <laughs> into the town. So obviously I didn't have much of a recollection of what happened. But when I woke up the next day, I was in this strange room. And I was like, where the hell am I? Somebody was moving in the bed next to me. <laughs> I was like, oh no, where am I? What have I done? How drunk was I last night? And thank the Lord, I turned round and it was my pal Kirsty. They'd come out, they'd, they'd been out, come home and uh, yeah, it was Kirsty in the bed next to me. But yeah, that was, I mean, it was Bev's spare bedroom and I thought, where the hell, where the hell am I? And then somebody in bed next to me and I was like, oh, God, I wasn't that drunk, was it? <laughs> I like how you went, yeah, uh, what's happened? Where am I? Not at one point did you go, Who's this? <laughs> I like that, you know. Long hair, no give it away. <laughs> I know when you wake up and you've been really drunk the night before, but I tell you though, I woke up and I wasn't hungover. I was quite, you know, I'd been put to bed at like nine o'clock at night or something like that. Um, yeah, that was. Did they have a good night though? I think so. Yeah, I what? Think that was the night. That was the night Lynn broke her wrist though. <laughs> she was out. She broke her wrist. Jeez. Oh, and she had a black eye. She fell. Because I'd been put to my bed so early the night before, um, I was the one that was the most sober to be able to drive her to A and E the next day. So yeah, it was a quite an eventful yeah. evening. I tell you one one thing I've I've started to doing, and I don't mean to, is if I've been out for a few, I tend to wake up on the couch. Oh, do you? Yeah, still fully clothed, jacket on, trainers on, shoes on, whatever I'm wearing, just out for the count on the couch, and tends to be when I go in the kitchen, something food related, oh, still dear. unopened. Uh, lying there that's a, a pretty normal thing that I've been doing on this week's episode we're going to be trying some American cinema snacks we'll discuss our guilty pleasure movies and before all that we'll be looking for your favourite film from the 80s the 90s 
and the noughties, and we'll start with the 1980s, and Fraser can kick us off. Uh, thanks very much, Ron. Uh, so, we have lists, I think we all have lists. We have lists. We do have Fair lists. And Ian was a nice person, decided that it was going to go from a top ten uh, to just one film. <laughs> well, sometimes you need to be brutal in a list, and that is what has happened. But with films, you can't be brutal. Well... You can't. So I've got a list probably about... 30 or 35 that is some list I'm seeing it here that is some list so it goes through things like the classic Short Circuit Die Hard best Christmas film he's just he's just naming films pick one I'm picking he's already at it so we've got three I've already at it we've got three Platoon thanks Ian good film The Goonies and Willow oh interesting so now I I have the choice so so there you three would get on right yes Give me two other films that would be notable mentions that have been so close to being there. Tron. The original Tron. Amazing. I'm getting one, two, three looks at the stage. I'm not sure that. Boy. Jeff Bridges. No, I'll take it. And Ian's way going to love me for this one. Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. <sighs> no, rubbish. No, no, I'm not having it. That's, that's, a, that's, a, having that's it. an extended musical. It's not. It's, it all starts I'm, at the beginning, going through all the different scenes, all these different films, and then it goes into the film. You know Amazing what? thing. Amazing. It's, it's tripe. I have to agree. Um, I thought when you were going to list another couple of <laughs> 80s movies, we were going to get some classics well, in there. We, but we could. Gremlins, Lost Boys, yeah. Ghostbusters. So, no, what, so why didn't you name this? Yeah, what, what, why... why why Michael Tron? Ja- I'm a big Tron. Michael Jackson fan, right? And I, apart from his personal life, allegedly. allegedly. Um, but the, nah, I'm not having it. I'm, I'm not having Moonwalker. I love it. Absolutely love it. Really? Yes. When would you have first seen this? And when did you last see this? When did I last see this? Probably last month when it was on Sky. I mean, that's controversial. Like. <laughs> you know what happens if I see it on Sky? I just skip to the yeah, next film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even watch a trailer. Exactly. I don't even watch a trailer. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's right. something that I was so, brought up watching. So let's let's leave you with your three. Right. Okay, to mull them over. Mull them over, right. right okay. okay. JP, you give us yours. Well, a couple of films? Or well, you, well you yeah, I, I, I focused on one. I like um, it. I named my dog after this movie. <laughs> oh, well, I, um, I kind of had that in my head as well. Yeah. Yeah. Indiana Jones, uh, specifically Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, what more can you say? That was, in that era, I mean, he Harrison Ford played that adventurer that kids wanted to be. He, every kid wanted to be either Indiana Jones or James Bond, essentially. I want to be Mikey from the Goonies. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we, we, obviously by looking at me, I'd be chunk, so we're fine there. Sorry, I look like sloth back then. <laughs> what do you mean, mean back then? <laughs> All right, I'll get in there before you do. <laughs> oh, dear God. Um, yeah, so there is nothing to dislike about this movie. Um, it, I mean, I think that Harrison Ford um, over Tom Selleck, obviously, who was originally mm-hmm. thought about for the role. I, can you see Tom Selleck in that role now? Of, ha- of um, Harrison Ford? No. Well, of Indiana Jones? Yeah. Nah. With a tash or without? Aye. With a tash. Oh, no, no. No, no, but that's what I mean. Harrison I mean, he Ford's, was cast for the role. Even without the tash? No. Yeah, Harrison Ford's like that kind of swashbuckler type hero, you know? And I don't think Tom Selleck, you just can't pull no. that across. Tom Selleck is, yeah. is uh, Monica's boyfriend that's, and friends. That's, that's how I remember him. I don't remember him for his films. Magnum P.I. I don't remember him for his films. You say Tom Selleck to me, the first thing I'm thinking is friends. Honestly. Yeah, Three Men and a Baby. Nah, I did yeah, watch memory. See, I, I watched Magnum P.I. when I was younger. My dad had it on, so I'd watch it. All right, okay. <laughs> no, I, I would have him in friends. Yeah. No, so going back to it, no, I can't. No, we can't, because <laughs> it is Harrison Ford's role, and yeah, I mean, he was Indiana Jones. Yeah. So, yeah, 
I mean, you went for it. I mean, I, I'm kind of the same. I went I went for a list, right? But I've got notable mentions mm-hmm. before I even get near my list. They didn't even make the list. When Harry Met Sally, brilliant story in it. It is a good film, but I've also sat right next to that seat yeah. <laughs> in yeah. Cat's Deli. Did um, you make the noises? I always did. You oh, saw. What do you hope not? Sitting opposite you. No, no, so. no, no. But for the Mate, sand, loving his eyes. Right, the the sandwich. That was the food. Exactly. <laughs> the briskets. Oh. Um, who framed Roger Rabbit? Because Jessica Rabbit was tidy. Okay, we're moving first on car- to first uh, cartoon yeah, crush. Yeah, yeah. First cartoon crush. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've been uh, a little mermaid on mine. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, just because it scared the shit out of me when I watched it. Uh, Police Academy, because oh. it started slapstick, funny, daft mm-hmm. humour that was just so funny. Short Circuit, I would give you a mention. And I'll give you a mention, right? Now, I watched the trailer for this last night, and it looked bollocks. Masters of the Universe. Oh, that was... Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, yeah. Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox, yeah. I have to say, that is... It's not my guilty pleasures, I know we're speaking about that yeah, later, yeah, yeah. but this was something that my sister and myself, when we were growing up, that was the movie that used to make us laugh the most. Oh. It It is complete slapstick, <laughs> um, and it is hilarious. It, it is cringeworthy. Uh, yeah, and but they're doing a remake, hel- is that... Yeah, yeah I, I no, they're they're doing a, a Netflix Cartoon. series. Oh right, okay, yeah, animated. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I watched the trailer and I was just like, no, no. So I put it on because back then I would have watched it and be like, this is this yeah. is amazing. Everyone, everyone was into He Man. Yeah. He Man was the business. In of course, he was. Battlecat was the man. Oh. Um, so in the eighties list, and it's really hard, but I'm just going to run through a load of films and I'm just going to pick one. So <laughs> I, I think we're going I off track you, I, here. I think I, you need to get it down to three. This like, wasn't the in the agenda, Ronnie. Get it, get, if I get it down to three, I would have The Goonies. Good man. Yep. I would have Big. Oh, yeah. And I would have... Oh, Die Hard are coming to America. Oh. I'd have, I'd, so I'd have them, <clears throat> right? Um, and yeah, I would... I, the Goonies is the classic, which is just a brilliant film. Because you want it to be a goodie. Yeah, yeah. Um, big because you want it to be big. Die Hard because it's the best Christmas movie ever made. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, Coming to America, which was just <laughs> just amazing. And the fact that I didn't remember, and I said this to Ian the other day, I didn't realise at the time Eddie Murphy played all the roles. Yeah. I've seen you all played mm-hmm. all the roles. And then it's just, it's brilliant. Yeah. And McDowell's looked better than McDonald's. Of course. And Soul um, Glow. Ronnie, um, right, I watched Big not that long ago, right? I just want to put out there, do you not think the relationship is a bit <laughs> icky now looking back? Very. It, it's cringeworthy. Very. It's, it's something wrong on so many levels. Yeah, it's, it's very, um, but it was good at the time. Tom Hanks wouldn't have been Kevin, would he? No, no. Just I just remember him bouncing about on the... Yeah, so when he's, uh, when, like, he's got, you want to come back to mine, and he's got the, uh, he's got the vending machine with the free peps in it, he's got the, the pinball games, oh, he's got the bunk beds, the, the trampoline. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, if I'm going to pick one, it's harsh on Die Hard, but I, I would have to go for Coming to America. Mm-hmm. It's my favourite film of the 80s, and I can still watch it now, I can say most of the words, and uh, it's, it's brilliant. So there you go. Yeah, my uh, missus would agree, that is, that is one of her favourite she's got, she got, got taste, she's she married does. to you, she's yeah, got thanks, taste. Thank you, Ronnie. So there we go. I'll stand by that yes. statement. There we go. <laughs> I've oh. added another one in my list. I need to start looking at my phone. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that um, my list for pretty much every decade that I've got is is extensive. Um, you're talking 
well me. over probably 200 films that he started with. I had a big discussion with Ronnie, you know, the start of the week when he gave us this kind of this task for the podcast. Homework. And, Homework, and, that's uh, what we call it. And I was struggling, I'm not going to lie, I was struggling big time. Um, you've already said probably one of my, my favourite films of the 80s coming to America. Um, I mean, my old man introduced me to that film. You know, Eddie Murphy, that was him at his peak at that point during it's, the 80s. And Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson, Cameo, you know. Oh. I mean, that was like the start of the him kind of starting to sneak into films and, and kind of make his kind of name for himself. Um, the Goonies again. I mean, what more can you say about the Goonies? Everybody wanted to be a Goonie. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. And, you know, what and, you, and you know what about the Goonies? You look at the modern day Stranger Things, yeah. they're, they're all based around yeah. that I mean, central part of the Goonies. I mean, the thing with the Goonies is, you know, I first, I remember watching it on VHS, you know, because, what was that, 82 or something like that? Uh, 85. 85, came out. 85, you know, so I'm, I'm like three at this point. But I think my first recollection of it is probably about 88, 89, something like that. And uh, my old man had recorded it onto VHS. Um, skip the adverts, you know how you pause it and then you start the record again. <laughs> yeah. And I always, I always remember it um, because Data's face was kind of mushed. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a power. Uh, yeah. Um, but I mean, I've watched that film so many times. Yeah. Um, I've watched it, you know, DVD, Blu-ray. I mean, I watched it on Netflix just like about two or three weeks ago. The cinema. Um, and the yeah, cinema. cinema. We went, yeah, yeah. I mean, we went to see it at the cinema this year. Aye. You know, and... Uh, yeah. Smiled all the way through. I mean, I, I, I laugh at that film every time I see it. I still enjoy it. It's timeless. Did the family scare you back in the day? Because she. Oh yeah, me. I mean, I mean, she, she was like scared me. She remind me of my grand man. That's like <laughs> she was small and like like For scary. Yeah. You know, it was like if you'd done something wrong, like she was going to absolutely do you in, yeah. like you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I could probably say that that's close to being my best film. And I mind when the body fell on him and the freezer. Yeah. Oh, One of my favourite moments. Brilliant. That and when he's relaying his tale, like his long list of lies, and he was going on about uh, when he went to the cinema and he was like, started being sick and then everybody, yeah. uh, oh, just brilliant. Michael brilliant. Jackson's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? He wasn't there. But his sister was. <laughs> Controversial. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, I mean, yeah, I've kind of went off here, but... Yeah, I mean, I could I could be here all all evening just speaking about eighties films yep. more so than probably the nineties and the noughties. Um I mean, Predator, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, that was an epic, epic, epic film. Uh, oh. Empire Strikes Back. I mean, probably the best first Star Wars me- film. First mention of Star Wars. Probably the best yeah. Star Wars. Film. I mean, it's you I know. Th- I think we all kind of tried to. I mean, I mean that's massive, isn't it? Oh. Like Star Wars. I mean, for generations upon yeah. generations, yeah. and it's still going, you know. Yeah. And the good thing, yeah. But the good thing about these newer films, they're not. I don't class them as Star Wars, but it gets the younger generations to appreciate the original films, yeah. and they're standing the test of time. I watched them the other day; they're absolutely brilliant. I mean, they've been on Sky Movies the last couple of nights. Uh, yeah, Empire yeah, Strikes and Jedi last night, oh. and I watched that last night. I'm a bad. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can go back to like the originals. That's what we'll call yeah, it, mate. The originals. Yeah, the originals. You can go back to them anytime, and I think probably the pick of the bunch is Empire. Um, I mean, Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams, you know. Good film, right? It is a good film. If they build, you know, if you build, build it, they, they will come. come. I mean, yeah. James Earl Jones is in that. Kevin Costner. I mean, that's such a simple film. You know, guy moves out to Kansas or is it Kansas? yeah, some some place where big place in America yeah, where there's just fields, big fields, <laughs> cornfield, trying to make a living, and then he goes against what they're trying to do, and they're struggling with money, and he cuts it down and turns it into 
Yeah, like, the ghosts. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the ghosts come out and go like build us a diamond. Yeah, for really us to play baseball. In, really yeah. awesome in that, isn't he? He's yeah, like yeah. the main guy as as the ghost. <laughs> I mean, Field of Dreams. Ah, oh, that was such it's a good, good film. such a good film. But you have to pick one. I know, I know. So I know. You know. Um, I mean, I'm I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to go with Back to the Future. Classic. Great choice, great choice. Classic, um, yeah. Back to the Future, Michael J. Fox. You know that that's everybody wanted to go back to the future. You know, everybody wanted to kind of get that opportunity to kind of have that kind of. And again, another strange relationship situation. with him and his mum. <laughs> yeah, you know, we look back yeah, and, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the, the bedroom scene is, you know, Calvin Klein's actually, that ends up being his name, eh? Calvin yeah, Klein. Yeah, I mean, Klein. I mean I'll, throw, I'll throw a grenade into that and say I'm not a fan of Back to the Future. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know, I don't know you if I... cut his mic off now. I didn't see it at the right time. Or, <laughs> it just, it just, it's never, ever been a film that I've enjoyed. I'm just putting it out there. For the, it's a joy movie. That, so yes. It's a joy the thing is, it's, again, it's a... It's one of those classic 80s films that you can watch over and over again and it's still good to this day. Mm. And I think that's what makes a defining 80s film for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everybody's choices are, are pretty strong choices. Um, and they're probably, the majority of them are in my top five or, or close to it. Um, but yeah, I think a timeless classic, like something like Back to the Future, The Goonies, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, Coming to America... Mm. Um, I'm not going to say Fraser's, um, but you know they're they're. <laughs> nah, but, you know that's unfortunate. Yeah. Thing, but I mean they are they're, they're timeless classics that I think even in the younger generation, if you were to show them and let them see them now, they'd still appreciate that quality of film and what it what it kind of gave to cinema, because I think that's ultimately what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I had other ones on the other I'd written down like um, Gremlins, <clears throat> Karate Kid. Cry Kid, man, that was close. Um, that was close for me. Watched it last night, Rocky Four. Yeah. Um, Good in Vietnam, I put on there, uh, which I thought was one of Robin Williams' <clears throat> finest performances. Uh, mm. Cocktail, Blues Brothers. You know, there were oh, just, I mean, Blues Brothers, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Best soundtrack for oh, me. So good. Have yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mean, need a list. I said obviously one. you don't. I, yeah, you did. Like, you to did. be fair, I followed it. You did, you exactly, <laughs> exactly what Ronnie had said on the script. Whereas I one movie, it. and you three come with screeds and screeds. Well, we we but, found but, it really hard. I mean, I, I've picked my favourite, and I've missed over some classics. Yeah, Ghostbusters, I, mean, I had them all. Top, top Gun. There. Top Gun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wait till you come to the guilty pleasures. Oh. Not, not a spoiler, but I mean, Top Gun, a- Aliens. Yeah, you know, you've got Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, yeah. Labyrinth. Yeah, I've got that one. Oh my god, loads, loads I of love great that. ones. And that, that's what I mean. Oh I, man, th- that's the the kind of beauty of it. It's and the other thing is, we to see any of those films when they come out, we're too young. Yeah, like I watched much. probably all those films in the nineties when I was maybe eight years old and up. And to see them, and they are still, it's still one of my favourite decades for movies. Because any of them I've written down out of the, say mm. there's 20 on that list, could watch them now and be quite happy. I, know, I, I completely agree because I kind of put myself in the shoes. I, I mean, I see a lot of movies today and I'm wondering in 20, 30 years time, am I, am I going to be watching these movies again? Whereas mm. those 80s movies, they have stood the test of time. And, you know, I, I'm... I would much rather put one of those classic 80s movies on sometimes than some of the dross that you yeah. see every day, no, I, you know, and that's the truth. I'm in complete agreement with you. I mean, I can, I mean, of the, the multitude of films that I've got on my list, I could go back and watch every single one of them again oh, yeah. and enjoy them 
in the same way that I enjoyed them the first time I saw them. And I think that's I think that's what makes the eighties films the best. The hardest decade, in my opinion. So as we come to the end of the eighties section, would anyone change the film they have just picked? I wouldn't. I've not picked mine yet. Oh, well, we know what you're going to pick. I mean, I mean wait a minute. Mm-hmm. What about Flight of the Navigator? I know. <sighs> Compliant. Home Alone. Yeah. I've... Home Alone's not. Home Alone's 1990. Yeah, Is that I... 1990? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm... I've got that in the 90s oh, for me, yeah. so that's fine. I mean, so, Fraser, you have to pick. I've yeah. picked. Ian, Ian's picked. picked. JP's picked. What are you having? <clears throat> He's way to change his mind. <laughs> I think he might as ah, well. Yes, yeah, he is. You mean Blade Runner? Pl- mm, nah, no. Blade Commit. Runner soundtrack for me, yeah, because no man used to listen Commit. to Commit. Goonies. Has to be the Goonies for me. Yeah. That, Platoon. That's a... Fall hair away from me. I, th- I think the Goonies is a... Is a Goonies is, a good, is me. A good, I mean, it's, a, it's a safe bet. Oh, thanks, Jim. Very safe. Safe. <clears> but I could have Empire of the Sun. <clears throat> yeah, I could have done that. It's a great but, film. But for this, this has been focused on what then. There's a lot more. Mm-hmm. With anyone, there's... There's loads of stories. I said that to you. You know, there's years that have been looking the lost years. There's been the looking the last few years since splitting up Ash, and it's been a fucking roller coaster of just emotions to fucking house moves to you know fucking the renegade being unleashed to going on shitty dates to no turning up for dates to. You know, uh, yeah. I feel been, I feel like that's another episode we should do. <laughs> it's been, yeah, I and mean, then that's been. Uh, you know, my mum listened to episode three. She, my mum didn't need to listen to episode three. Me, me and your mum are pals now. She gave me stories. <laughs> so that's uh, it's been yeah. It's it, this has been alright. This has not been as uncomfortable as that one fucking question. That's that's because I've not told the stories yet that your mum told me. Fire on. So. Uh, when you were when you passed your driving test at seventeen, you used to come flying down the street at forty miles an hour. So she got the police to come and uh, have a chat to true, you. True. Also at seventeen, you. Uh, I mean, I find this hard to believe, but apparently you got very drunk one night, and you were sick on her new carpet. Said it wasn't you, and you actually referred to this earlier, and I bit my tongue, but she hit you with a wardrobe tour. Yeah, but there's more to that story. So, um, yeah, the police is true. That happened. The I'd come home. I was a seventeen. I thought I'd been younger, sixteen maybe. But anyway, yeah, I'd come home fucking well pushed. So what we used to do is when I worked in Quick Save, we used to go over to Liquor Save, it was the the drink shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went there. And um, we'd buy three litre of diamond white for three quid. Of course. And we would get sold it even though we were under 18. Because that's just what happened. And normally I would stay at someone else's house. I would never be going home. Mm-hmm. But on this occasion I had to go home. which was a fucking mistake. So I came in and uh, yeah, I'd, 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 uh, but I was sick in my room. Mm-hmm. So I was sick right in the middle of my room. So I, but on a new carpet. In my teenage years, I my bedroom had everything around the walls and it was just in the middle, it was just carpet. So I, I was sick there. So I went through and said to my mum, I've just been sick, you're going to need to clean up. And she went, I fucking don't think so, you're going to clean up. So I grabbed her new towels. Oh my God. And cleaned it up and then just threw the towels out in the hall and went back to my bed and then was woken up with a wardrobe door being hit over me and my stepdad pulling her off of me in a complete fucking rage. So, yeah, any so I didn't... I never came home underage drunk again because it was... I can see why. It yeah. fucking wasn't... It wasn't... 
it wasn't worth it at all. It was fucking horrific. So that's, yeah, and I, she went fucking apeshit once, right? I was 20, I was 21, 22, and I'd come home. I'd got food poisoning. This is what had happened in the end, right? No, no, I hadn't been drinking. I was oh, it, driving, right? So I hadn't been drinking, and I fucking, I was, I was in the club. Uh, it was a Sunday night. I was like, I'm fucking you go home. I really need to go home. So I fucking come in. I'm no joking. Come in the back door. I think I fucking bundled her out of the way up the stairs, but was stumbling because I was trying to go up the stairs yeah. that quick. So she must have thought he's fucking steaming. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sick all over the bathroom. Oh no. Right. But I'm violently unwell and she's fucking raging because she thinks I'm steaming. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not even drunk. I'm not even drunk. My car's there. And I'm like, she's like, ah, ah. it's fucking every place. Eh? But then, see, when I wasn't at, out of the house or out of my bed for four days. Mm. That was fucking horrible. Absolutely horrible. And that was one she was, I thought she was fucking going to go for me again. Yeah. So only twice she really done me in. She done me in when I was younger as well. Was that when you broke a window playing golf inside? Nah, that was just fun. Okay. Was it when you put Postman Pat in the microwave and started a fire so that your dad would come home? They two, they two are pretty close. The, <laughs> uh, the golf, the golf, this was in the, the multi stories the multis in Ardor that I, um, yeah, I don't know how that happened. Just fucking swung and it went to the window. The postman part, I had a postman t- part wind up toy. He used to, he used to walk and I just thought, that could probably fucking go in the That's microwave. That's a great impression. It's a shame people can't see that. I know. That. So I went in the microwave and it fucking went fucking fire. <laughs> and she was going ape shit. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, that happened. That happened. Uh, I used to get a, uh, I used to forge her signature all the time on school stuff. Uh, all the time. Yeah. All the time. She used to get a letter. I used to take a letter home when I was really bad. So I used to give that to your mum. So I would just sign it and hand it back. Um, the the best comment I ever got on a behaviour sheet was satisfactory. Wow. Uh, and I was on one of them for four years. Um, I had a math teacher in first year who I fucking hated. He was an arsehole. And because I was quite outspoken, um, no, uh, he said, so I got in detention and he was like, uh, well, maybe I'll come around and speak to your mum and dad about your behaviour. I was like, mum and dad don't live together, so unlucky. So maybe I'll phone the house and speak to your mum. As she works night, she'll know that, <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah, so, and, and any time it come around to parents evening, you have to book an appointment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never, uh, they, they went, they went once. And they got about three appointments, and that's when she come home and fucking barred fuckers because it was like it was, a, and they were the best ones I could get. Um, and I woke up in the morning, fucking a bruises right down the side of my face, and uh, I says, "What the fuck's going on here?" She's like, uh, "You fell out of your bed." <laughs> <laughs> She's punched fuckers, eh? And my granddad, God rest his fucking soul, what the fucking pull her off us. Eh? But by then, you could hit your kids. Yeah, it's very different now. It's very different. But if sometimes we deserve to be hit. I definitely I, I, did. I, yeah. So, that, yeah, they, they they all fucking happened. I mean, there's no fucking hiding that. Yeah, they all, they are all incidents that happened. Yeah. There we go. Do you have a story to tell? A passion to share? Or just want to spend an hour talking about life in general? Then send us a message on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Right, to, uh, to finish off... A bit more quick fire. Uh, I want to know what your uh, three courses and a drink would be if it would be your last meal 
Phrase that last meal. We'll go for a drink first. Go. Bottle of Pacifico. Ooh. Has to be done. It's posh. Nice, nice cold beer. It's posh. Days. Starter. See, now that I don't have to think about gout, because it'd be, <laughs> that'd be my last meal anyway. <laughs> oh, it would tell you, I have to be a wee bit of steak tartare, like. Oof. I'd go all out. Oh, <laughs> main? Main. Oh, a filet mignon. Filet mignon. Oh, that is... That with some that's, chips. That is... Uh, Done in goose far. Far more council estate <laughs> than that. And a, and a dessert. Oh, a dessert. Any dessert you like. Oh, it'd have to be a bit of lemon drizzle cake for me. Oh, I was giving you up to that dessert, but I'm looking at that. No dessert person, so... Love a, a lemon. Anything. Andy? Uh, big starter. Big stack of hot wings. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, the wee piddly thin one. Oh, big, the big proper, American ones. Big yeah. proper. All big, the dipping sauces. Yeah, just uh, sticky mess. But loads <laughs> of hot wings. Main, uh, main fish and chips. Big, proper, crispy fish and chips. Uh, tartar sauce, mushy peas, the uh, lot. Uh, no, no one for the tartar Bread. sauce. Oh. Mayonnaise. It's loads of salt and vinegar. Bread. Do you put lemon Bread. on it though? No. Yeah. Do you squeeze lemon on it? No, I don't do that. I, I don't put vinegar on chip on my fish. It's lemon that I put on it. Yeah. Oh, fucking get out. <laughs> no, loads of salt and vinegar. And no nor no hoose vinegar. No, chip it's supposed to be vinegar. <laughs> and uh putting Poon. big uh, chocolate sundae cookie dough oh. brownies oh. and like sweet double cream. And what what are you what are you washing that down with? Coca Cola. Fat original Coca Cola. Pint yeah. of no alcohol, then I drink with food. So my starter would be a sausage and egg McMuffin. You can have anything. You can have anything. It's got to be... Uh, yeah. No, two of the normal ones. Hash brown. Two, oh, two. Well, two of the well, normal ones. Hash brown. Yeah. Nowadays, if you do it on Just Eat, you can actually customise it itself. I could do that in the restaurant. Can you? On the wee screen thing. Yeah. What? I haven't missed so two of them two of them browns. Um, and then bog standard um, a nice fillet steak with oh. chunky fries bit of pepper sauce <sighs> mushrooms lots of mushrooms um, dessert would be a sticky toffee pudding with custard not ice cream because it's a waste of sticky toffee pudding and my drink <laughs> this is where it goes upper class would be a porn star martini oh can we get the classy cab to the front door? For those in Dundee, it's a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't know what a porn star <laughs> Well, my mate had never had one. We were through, um, we had hospitality at the United... God, I can't remember what game was. I think it was Aloha. We ended up in the town with Draffins. And I said, you need to get a porn star martini. We will get one. I said, I know where we'll get one. Malmaison. <laughs> So I left him to go to the bar <laughs> and I went to the toilet and his face and we came back with his £22 bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't happy. He enjoyed the drink, but he wasn't happy about the bill. No, I'll be in the same ranks and we're at Porn Star Martini. So. I've never had you know. Yeah. My yeah, cocktail lots. of choice is a pina colada. Like dancing in the rain as well, sweetheart, there. Yeah? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I, Who sung it? Who sung it, Fraser? No idea. Oh, I should know this because I get asked for it every week. Oh, I can't. Disappointed. Oh. Nah, leave it with me. I'm not even going to no. showmen musical go, knowledge. Ahead, Andy. Go. Rupert Holmes. Ah, oh, yeah. Bastard, yeah. We didn't even got that. Yeah. Cocktail was uh, an old fashioned for me. That's my cocktail. Caffeine, done. Yeah, that would be mine. Um, but my meal, uh, I would have, uh, for a start, I'm glad no one ordered bruschetta because seven quid for fucking tomato and toast can do one. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and, no, and no even fresh toast. Toast is fidel. Uh, uh, rubbed toast is left out. Rubbed out. Then heated up again. <laughs> rubbed out with garlic on it. Um, now we'd have something king prawn calamari that kind of thing. That's always kind of go to chili and garlic, obviously. Uh, alioli, if they've got any. If they don't, oh, you're not going to kiss after it anyway. Bit so. of meal, then. Is it? Mm. Bit of meal. Uh, main. I always thought I'd have steak and chips, right? And uh, or I would have steak pie for the burkey. Right, that's yeah, what I thought of that. Steak pies, right? But the more I thought about it today, the more I thought, no, nah, no, nah, I'd go to San Francisco, I'd go to Macked, and I would get lobster mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. And it is the best meal I have ever had, and I had it last year when I was there, and it was the best. Don't get me wrong, I queued for an hour to get in. It was on. A real. I think I've seen that on YouTube. It's yeah. something. Does it come just shredded through the mac and cheese? Because we had this conversation. It's like shredded, it's shredded lobster meat, isn't it? There's, there's, different, there's different ones. I went, there was chunks in it, but I also got a big chicken wing on the top. Because you get whatever you like, and it just tells you how much it is, but it was phenomenal. Yeah. I, that's, yeah, I, honestly, I thought steak and chips, bit obvious. Steak plant of burger, yeah. class. Fish and chips, amazing. But honestly, if it had to be that, if we can get lobster anything, yeah, if it oh. just, it's just food that you've got. I'm thinking about lobster. If you get a lobster, and you've got to crack the corner. It's no. just I didn't want to have to work for it. No, somebody no. else has done. <laughs> well, somebody I'm the else shells for it. it. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. To, to eat it, I, I didn't want to put any effort into this yeah. at all. I'm no massive on mac and cheese. Oh, I do like it, but. When I've <laughs> never had nice. mac and cheese in a restaurant before, <laughs> never ever ordered it. It's like a, a, a personal rule. Yeah, that I have. yeah. I don't normally have it out as much, but yeah, I love macaroni. It's amazing. Uh, dessert wise, none of your sticky toffee puddings or apple pies here. Although cold custard with them, cold custard. Um, especially hot sticky toffee pudding. Cold custard. Especially Ambrosia, right out the tin that's been <laughs> yeah. in the fridge. Yeah. This is a man of experience talking, listen, <laughs> no, right? Yeah. The full gear, not oh, yeah. this low fat shite, uh, right? Full fat sugar, thanks it's very amazing, much. amazing, yeah. right? So I thought that. Um, Just cold, that's it? No, no, that's what I'm saying. If you're having sticky toffee pudding or that, my demand is it has to be really cold yeah, custard. custard. My dessert would be an eaten mess. Oh, with custard? No, no. Oh, that was right. the, That's the aperitif. That's the cleanser. Um, yeah, I would have an eating mess. Strawberries, strawberries and meringue. meringue, whipped cream. What's there not like? Uh, What's there not like? Strawberries and meringue. Oh, you don't like strawberries? I can like strawberries. No, not really. We oh. have, we have Kunzel eating mess quite a lot in the house. Oh, it's amazing. Just a trifle. Yeah. Just, no. Ready-made meringues. Strawberries, cream, smashed up. Why done, not? That's it. It's amazing. Even, and if you're doing it in the house, put a wee bit of strawberry jam in as well. I've not done that. Amazing. Uh, drink, uh, I would either have a strawberry milkshake from McDonald's before they took the sugar out. Aye. Has to be and the before they put the, the paper straw in. Yes, because well. that's just, I mean, that's... that's you know, I, I made a comment the other day what that what it's like trying to eat a milkshake out of the cup. Yeah, I'm not doing the actions, yeah. but it's it's horrendous. Uh, or I would have had an ice blast before Cineworld ditched them. Yeah, and took the sugar out. Not happy. Uh, so I'd probably just have a Guinness and a whiskey chaser. <laughs> That's probably just what I would have, you know. And the more I thought about it, the day. The more you wanted it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I swear the whiskey chaser. Honestly, the worst part about it was like, why have I picked someone that I'm not going to have in the lobster mac and cheese here? You know, it's just something you don't get, obviously. And I'm like you, I'm well, I'm not going through the battle of breaking that lobster up. 
What is it? The, is it the eagle in the ferry? They do a good mac and cheese, apparently, or is that the anchor? Oh, it's yeah, good man. dynamite. Uh, you know, cheese crab paste, something like that. Crab paste. They just scoop that one. They do lobster paste as well. So I tell you something, H. When when we were growing, when I was growing up, the depths of Ardler. I told my uncle this in the last podcast. We had nothing. Barely anything. A meat paste piece <laughs> was about yeah. the best thing that you it's got. Like we've got meat paste in the cupboard. <laughs> Do you still get it? <laughs> and then we glass jars. And yeah. used to pop. I think is it uh, uh, princess? Uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, I think we've got that in the house. And if it didn't pop when you opened it, you had to smell yeah. it to see how old it was. <laughs> if it was the cupboard, to be fair, it was crab. You would never know. <laughs> I never thought we'd end speaking about meat paste. <laughs> speaking about crab paste. <laughs> uh, but on that low note of the uh, conversation, a bit of a movement. oh no! Uh, so meat paste wah, wah, is wah, on the menu uh, going forward. And next, if we do this again, we all eat meat paste sandwiches. Meat paste sandwiches. That's how we start it. But no <laughs> chicken liver. Have a picnic. <laughs> Just sit around on the cross leg on the floor. I tell you what, <laughs> I'll tell you what, you mentioned chicken livers. The chicken livers oh. for Nando's with the hot sauce is the yes. bomb. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. Never had them. Hot chicken livers for no, Nando's. Yeah, there are certain parts of any animal's body you don't eat. You eat the livers. They're no. so succulent and soft <laughs> and succulent. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, no, I totally agree. I've even got them in the freezer. I've never heard them before, but I think I might try them. Yes. Have you had proper liver? Yeah. Oh, horrible. Chicken horrible. And kidney. Horrible. Oh, amazing. Kidney's all right. Oh. Kidney, I love a kidney. Yeah. I, I grew up with, I'd never had chicken because it was too dear when we were growing up. <laughs> and it was always rabbit. Always true. Liver. <laughs> kidney. If you're lucky, you got a bad steak. Well, well, did you live on like the Yorkshire <laughs> Moors or something? <laughs> How do you think I missed that? Well, I grew up on a good diet. Yeah. Despite what I waited for this there, I need to mention this. Do you ever have hoch? Yes. Oh, my, oh, now, my dad now, actually now, cooks his stovies in pot hoch. No, you can maybe, te- well, you can maybe tell me what's in it. Not ever. Oh, oh, like, I don't want to know. Like, can I switch off at this point? It's, it's like haggis. It's like, you know what? I oh, no, it's, it. all, it's all the boiled. Do you know it's it's like boiled I meat. Is it just like the dripping? Beef, beef dripping, isn't it? Oh, it's just, oh right, okay. No, oh, it's amazing my stuff. grandmother used to, when she lived in Finbury, and we used to go up, and that was it. Yeah. There was a boy oh. came around in a van, yes, a butcher yes. van, and I think on a Saturday it was the fish van. So the fish van was cool because you used to get hot whelks and used to get crab claws and stuff like that. Whelks. Oh, the butcher, she used to come out with some weird stuff. Yeah. Some of which was this. And she used to squeeze it out the plastic container yeah. with the mashed potatoes, slice it in half. Oh. oh. And then my mum. People not spread it on day, toast enough. Yeah. 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 My mother oh, to this day still likes tripe. Oh, onion. Tripe, no. Yeah. If there's shit being in it, I'm not going near it. Something wrong with that. that. I thought that's normally what goes in dog food. What, tripe? Tripe. Have you been eating tripe? No, never tried. No, never tried the word alone. I think I'd rather eat dogs. They used to boil it. My dad used to tell me about his grass. It's the lining of it. It's intestines. Yeah, like cow's intestines and lining of the stomach. Boil it for about eight hours. Well, on this gastronomical bombshell, I'd like to thank you all for giving up some time to talk about this and ending on meat paste, tripe, and hawk. One thing that um, you you have been very honest lately, you, you talk a lot about mental health, and you also say yes. that you're here to help fix the mind and the body. Hundred percent. Uh, when does that come into your thinking of the services you offer or the help you offer to link in the mental health and the physical? So with the mental health, mate, that's come from. If we go back, I don't know if you've. I, I put a video up that was 
maybe about six weeks ago, and I'm not sure I've actually mentioned this on a podcast. So I was going through like um, a pretty, a pretty mad addiction, and it was to cocaine. And I was literally, I was smashing this on the fucking daily, mate. I was, um, I was getting it, and then it, mate, it got to an extreme where I was literally licking, like, I'll just cut, I'll just cut it all. It was literally like I was taking cocaine first thing in the morning to fucking yeah. get me out of fucking bed. Yeah. Then I go home at lunchtime, I'd have more. Listen, when I was going through this, this is when I started creating stupid amounts of anxiety because Mm -hmm. I knew it was completely wrong. It was damaging my health. It was damaging, obviously, my mental health, my physical health. It was putting me in a really bad position. So it came to a point where, like, I actually obviously came to a stop. I I think I did it for about 12 months constantly, Mm -hmm. but it, it still left me in a bad position. So... I went through then, I was going through this anxiety. I was going through panic attacks as well on the daily, which was just like, man, every day I just felt like I'm just going to fucking die. And my mm. heart was racing. I just, oh, man, it was horrible. And I mentioned some days you just didn't want to wake up because you knew you was going to go through a full day of suffering. Anyway, cut a long story short, I came out of this, this position because... I started putting things into place. I was doing loads of research on the anxiety side of things. I was listening to podcasts. I was like, I was surrounding myself with good people. I was watching things where I could potentially help the anxiety. I was just always more aware of putting myself in a better position wherever possible. Man, I went to the doctors and this is how mad the doctors are. He tried giving me, well, he did. He gave me the beta blockers. Do you know what a beta blocker is? Uh, you're about to tell me because it's going to, uh, my mind is not thinking as quick. <laughs> On yeah. you go. Yeah, it's like, obviously I've gone into the doctors because I've got trouble with my head, yeah, because mm. I'm having anxiety, I can't control my thoughts. It gives me something to slow my fucking heart rate down. I'm yes, like, that's, that's exactly what it is. Sorry. I'm just like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? At the time, I didn't know, I didn't get it because I was only like 25 or something along them lines. And then I'm just like, and now I think to myself, man, I had trouble with my head. Not with my fucking heart. Do you know what I mean? What are you trying to slow my fucking heart rate fucking down? I need to slow my head down. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? See, see when you were there and you, when you're in that kind of phase, was it just repeat, repeat, repeat for that year? Just nothing changed. And with the, the addiction or the anxiety? A bit of both. Well, like both actually, you know. Yeah. The, yeah. So the, the, when I was actually using the cocaine, it was just repeat, 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 repeat. Mm. Because what happened, what happens with cocaine is, it puts you on a massive high and it increases, obviously, the dopamine, the serotonin, releases all these good, emo- these good, um, good hormones and so you feel absolutely amazing. But what it is, it's like, um, it's like putting yourself in debt with happiness. So you're borrowing this happiness that actually isn't there. So when the drugs start to wear off, you're in debt with happiness. You kind of go into a negative state of mind. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. You can relate. You go, like, you go so far high up. Like uh, You can do it with anything, yeah. food, drink, you know what I mean? You go so far up, you get the pleasure, but it's a pleasure that you've kind of just obviously cheated and then you fall straight below. So what's the next best way to get back in that position? Take the cocaine again. How, how did you find day-to-day life, as in working or studying or friends you know or family? Man? How scary is this? I was still going, I was still going through everything as normally as I would. Yeah. The only thing. Scary, isn't it? Mate, it's weird. I, like when I look back, like I, when I was having it in the morning before working, instead of breakfast, like, mate, it sounds fucking mad. It just sounds mad. When I look back at it, mate, I can laugh about it now, honestly. Like I just, like 
we're having it for breakfast and then you're just going to work. I thought it was a normal thing, but it's only a little bit. Do you know what I mean? I'm not causing anyone any harm. I'm still going to work. I'm still getting the job done. And then it got to the point where just nip home at lunchtime. I'll just get a bit more. Do you know what I mean? Straight back in, mm. straight back into work. And it was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. At the time, though, like I said, it, it just felt a normality. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing. It does. And uh, in 2007, which I always, if people know me, I say it's the fucking worst year of my life. But at the same time, it was the, it was the best year because I was just having a great time. And it was a lot of, uh, there was a lot, a lot of that going on, a lot of drinking going on, a lot of good fun times going on. But day to day life still worked. I mean, it wasn't on the breakfast menu, but anyway. Um, but, but, but what was scary is that day-to-day life was totally fine. And yeah. how, how, and I still wonder now, 12 years later, how did I function for pretty much 12 months? Nah, it must be something to do with age. Because obviously I was like 25 at the time, do you know what I mean? I think, so, well, so I was I. Got more, yeah. We can tolerate a lot more stuff at that age, can't we? Fucking hell, mate. I can barely get in my bed with a hangover now. <laughs> that's me that's me uh, honestly but oh, mate, i have a coffee now when i get anxiety that's how bad i am yeah you know? yeah I mean, I, I mean that like say for me personally it was a real it was a real it was a, it's a tough year but it was a really good year but i've been speaking i spoke about it a lot actually in the past week and i was saying uh 2007 it was this it was that it was this it was that we're go back and change it Yes, to a degree, because without that year, you don't know where you are, you know, now. Yeah. But yes. fucking hell, mate. They... And um, do you remember Do you remember the moment you stopped? Do you remember the moment yeah. you drew the line under it? Or well, drew the line, there's the wrong phrase. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you remember that moment? Yeah, of... I do, mate. Do you know what? It was quite bad, actually. And it was, um, I've been out on a Saturday night. Obviously, I've been on the sesh, which is a session, I'm guessing. You know what Indeed, we know a sesh up here, you know don't what worry. fucking sesh is up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'd been up, obviously, all night. And then um, it was got to Sunday tea time, so I'd still been going. And then um, Mrs. dropped me a message and she's like, I'm coming down yours. I'm just like, oh, fucking hell, I can't deal with this right now. Fucking hell, it's not what I mean. I've not even had any fucking sleep. So what did I do? I thought, fuck it, I'll have a fucking line. I had a line there. She got in, she came and she went, you all right? And I'm like, yeah, fine. And because I knew, obviously, I'd just had something, the high and the adrenaline kicked in 50 times more because I knew I'd done something wrong oh, and just started questioning him. Next minute, mate, my heart was in my mouth. Panic attack started. I couldn't control it. I'm screaming. I'm going to fucking die. I'm trying to grab the house phone. I'm trying to ring for like the fucking ambulance and everything. She's putting the phone down. She's like, you're fine. And obviously I mentioned what I'd done mm. and then, oh man, it was just like, and that's when the panic attacks actually started mm. because I'd put myself, because I'd kind of dipped my toes into a panic attack. What happens? I don't, have you ever had a panic attack? Yes. Yes, they are. They're a wee bit more few and far between, but are naps? I'll t- you tell me and I'll tell you about mine, my last one. So what happened, obviously, when you kind of dip your toes into a panic attack and you experience the feeling, what happened then, the day after, any kind of little feeling that I felt in my body, like that sensation of like, I don't know, like warm, warmness or some kind of tingliness, it just created another panic attack automatically. Mm. And that's when it repeated every day for a long fucking time. Yeah. Mate, it came to the point where it was just like, I was having panic attacks and I was crying. I was just crying because I couldn't stop them. Mm. And I just didn't know what to do. And 
like I said, I went to the doctors and they couldn't, I, they just, they, they gave me fucking beat blockers. They didn't tell me, do you know what I mean? Mate, go and take, he goes, go and take them for a month and see how you are. Come back in a month if you like, if you feel no different. And it's just like, I needed help with my head. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And because you don't understand what it is, I was 25. I just, do you know what I mean? I just didn't know where I was at. Yeah. And it came to a point where you like, you just didn't want to wake up in the morning. You didn't. Um, what was it like then for the first, you know, the first month or the first few months, first six months? <laughs> what, you know, and obviously it's, it's, I imagine it's slightly different now, but you'd have got old school yeah. beliefs, treatment and stuff. My intake NCO was an, was a national serviceman. So he'd been in for 20 odd years. So I went in 74, 75. So he was there in 52, 53. So he's an old timer at the end of his life. And they put him to the hour depot to teach young imbeciles, adolescent children into becoming men. And that's tough. You know, Roy, they've got to teach you how to shave. They've got to teach you how to make your bed, teach you how to wash your clothes. Teach you how to iron them, teach you how to present yourself, all that kind of thing. All that nonsense, you know, personal hygiene. For a lot of people, it's a tough one. People don't know how to wash their feet or they just don't understand how to do it. So the army instills that in you very, very quickly. And if you fell by the wayside... The punishment was horrific, mm. uh, which they wouldn't get away with nowadays. No. Um, and and in there with the 16 of you, would you all been the same age or was it been different people, just an intake? Yeah, we were part of that. My intake was very big. I was intake 476, I think. That was my intake number. Uh, there was 38 of us started off, um, 31 of us passed out. So we lost seven along the way, guys that, you know, just can't cope homesickness and the age group was probably my age to 23 24 which is a big jump between 16 and 24 it's you a- don't realize at the time ronnie but it's horrific actually because yeah. these guys could go for a pint <laughs> yeah <laughs> we couldn't go um although we did go but we couldn't go you know when you see pass out how, how long did you have to be in then till you can do um, that stage of it you do you do 20 21 weeks basic training. Okay. So that's learning how to do left, right, left, right, so left, right. About five months worth at least. Yeah, then- you've got you've got 12 hard weeks of that nonsense, um, which I loved. Um, it became a great passion of mine, foot troll. And, and, and appearance in Bairn, well, being a small guy, it was always difficult to, to shine because... To be to be heard, you have to be loud. You know, my sister refers to me now as boomer, and and I think that's come from the military because you're so small and you've got to be heard in a big crowd of people. Mm. So after you get out of that nonsense and they're constantly testing you, you know, does this guy understand his right from his left? You know, this is a soldier's right, not not a civilian right. You know, because because people get it so wrong, Ronnie, and the fear of getting it wrong makes people petrified. Did at any point in the 21 weeks you think, I'm done? No, never. Never? If anything, I think the good thing for me was I lived so far away because me to get back to, as I thought was going to be West Curtin, but it was actually Ardler, <laughs> um, that was probably in them days a 13-hour train, jo- train journey, you know, because the military never done anything easy. So you're in Aldershot, the simplest way to get to Dundee is via London. Uh-uh. They put you via Oxford, Banbury, Birmingham, just just to just to make you more upset. Mm. And it was all about character building. That's what they called it. Uh, I never felt, Ronnie, that, no, this is not for me. Right then, drunk text. Drunk text. 
Where to begin? <laughs> Again, I mean, we're talking, you know, the episode's called Cocktails and Disasters, and I think this certainly... We'd like to fall in the cocktail, but it's more about the disaster. <laughs> what one? I'm talking about the doctor. This is where I definitely became the disaster part of the story. Usually, you know, it's the other way around, but I can categorically state I was this Tinder story. So sitting, drinking white wine, which anyone who knows me knows that me and white wine don't go down too well. Without white wine, I do. However, <laughs> jokes. So I was sitting wearing something like this, drinking white wine, not in my flat, casual leggings, because you can eat more in leggings, but not to enjoy about them. True. So here up, I just, you know, not date ready. <laughs> so anyway, I was swiping, swiping, and then this doctor came up and he lived up the hills. So we're chatting back and forth and we agreed that he would come to Dundee on Thursday. So that's fine. That was great. And then he's like, well, why don't I just come down just now so we can meet up before Thursday? And I was like, no. At this point, I'd, I'd, I'd had a few wines, but I was still sensible. And then, so he's, he's like, well, why can't I just come down? He's like, well, agreed Thursday. And I made up something like, oh, I'm busy. I'm people around for dinner, which I didn't. I just, I was looking like this and I was getting pissed. Right, okay. So and he asked again. And I'd obviously had that one white wine too many. Sure, just just come on down. Well, not good. So I don't really remember much about it, except this really handsome, well-spoken doctor appears. I don't know what I, I don't know what I was saying to him, but I do remember. There's, there's maybe, maybe there is definitely an establishment I probably can't go into for. Uh, <laughs> Being kicked out for indecent behaviour. <laughs> when we were doing, when I was doing episode three with Emma, and we were on about dating and stuff like that, and, and I'm sure she said something. It was something along the lines of, you know, I could barely be bothered going to say our broth to meet someone. Fucked if I'm going to Glasgow or Edinburgh or whatever, because <laughs> yeah. it's a real. Nah, it's a, see like if it. people can make it work. I. Applaud you. I am the first you know person that goes... I didn't drive either, so I'm, I'm limited to public transport, so that makes it a bit of a yeah. pain in the yeah. hoop as well, Ken. Yeah. Which is amazing, because there's two things I always say people should do. They should learn to swim, they should learn to Come drive. <laughs> I failed my driving test when I was 17, right? And I'll tell you, I must have lost about three stains sweating with nervousness in that yeah. driving test as well. Failed it dead early on, Ken. Like, I've never ever done it ever no? since then. Come on. And the thing is, is now, like, see the way I look at it, right? I didn't need a car because, like, I've got my bike. The, the, the infamous, <laughs> infamous bike that you I decided could, to leave half my face on. You could face tell, on the, the, tell on the, the story con- on the concrete, like. But um, yeah, so I just like if I need to go and see mum, like I see my mum and dad once a week, so I will get a bus or whatever. I live twenty minutes away from my work, which is a bike, and, and then everything else is round about where I stay. Mm. So financially, I can spend money on clays, going to the football, drink yeah. or beer or whatever holidays. Mm that I wouldn't be able to spend if I had a motor plus the upkeep of the house. So I just didn't see it as an essential. So I just didn't have one. Yeah. Yeah. You know no, I, mean? I think it's, you know, you, you speak to people that maybe live in bigger cities as well. It's, oh. there's no point type thing because of public transport. Dundee's not that big anyway, Ken. So anything you need's in a wee radius anyway, Ken. You can get there if you need to. Aye. Aye. And that's also if you can stay on your bike. Oh, I'll tell you, I was, and like the thing is, I, I get absolute pelters for this. Like, I think, man, you could tell the story. You bought yourself a new bike. Well, what, you it, go. what it was, was there was a cycle of work scheme, right? So I've been at the same job for five and a half years and I thought, come on, I'm going to sign up for it this year. So I come around. 
So anyway, there I am dead proud. I picked a wee tangerine and black number uh-huh. and that. I was like that. We've seen it. You're proud of it on Twitter. I went to the shop and the woman was like, the lassie that was going through it was saying, we've got three options for you. It comes in a blue, a red, and she goes, you probably won't like the last option, but I'll offer it to you anyway. And she was like, black and orange. And I was like that. Listen, love, get that hooked up right this minute. She goes, we've got no other, the other two are out of stock, but we've got eight of the black and tan. Hook a boy up right now. I was now. like, get that, get that on me right now. So anyway, I got the bike and that. So again, got all the accessories, got the mud guards and everything. I was like, this is great. I've not been on a bike for years. So there's me thrashing it, thinking I'm the black Lance Armstrong. Tour de France invitation imminent. So I'm coming home for helping my mate Decker, pushing her in on a Tuesday night. So he's like, ah, and come with the ironic thing was we tried to fit the bike in the back of his car and he was going to give me a run up the road, but because it's a, like a mountain bike, the frame wouldn't have fit in his motor. So I says, ah, sorry, I'll just, it's only a 10 minute cycle, I'll, I'll launch myself up the road. So there's me coming in the corner at Fairmere Park, right? I braked, but I hit the infamous mud patch. Now that's my nickname in group chats and I know the mud patch monster or whatever you want to call it. Right? That's what the bike gets called. So I hit it. And honestly, it was one of these surreal experiences. One minute I was all right and the next minute I was in the air. And I'd, I didn't realise I'd wrecked half my face off. So I looked like a scene for like, I looked like a scene for like Rocky or something again. So my face was like throbbing. I got in the house and I thought, and like there was blood dripping into my eye and I was like, right, this can't be good. So what I did was I wheeled the bike home because I mangled the handlebars. I didn't have an Allen key, so I couldn't get back on the bike. So the bike was out of commission. So I got to my landing, hauled my bike like on my shoulder. I have to do it every day. Hauled my bike right up eight flights mm-hmm. of stairs and that. So the first thing I did was looked in the mirror and like my eye was all swelled shut and that. And the first thing I did, I uploaded the picture to Twitter and my mate texted me saying, right, you know, I've got a baseball bat in the boot. What's getting a doing? Because someone's obviously filled you in and nothing, Ken. So I had boys come and saying, right, someone's getting a doing here because you've been battered. And I was like, no, trust me. Nobody's touched me, eh? And I had to tell that story. Seeing the work of the decorators were like, ah, oh, he's been filled and was battered. Yes, it's some some jealous ex-boyfriend and kind of the usual partner. So that, but I have been on my bike since then, but I, um, I've been going very slow. Oh. I've had the the helmets fucking being on everything. So honestly, not- the 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 photo appeared, and it was one of those moments that people would say they didn't know whether to laugh or cry. I've got I pissed myself laughing because the first thought was he fell off his bike. It was the first thought I had, and to to now hear the actual story of how you've fallen off yeah. the bike is even funnier. And see the worst thing, see my face. Right, it wasn't actually that bothered about it. Right, yeah. that was fine. See, because I took that much skin off my hands and my shoulder, like my shoulder's got a big white bit now. It looks like I've got leprosy. My mate was like, look, if you're going to be doing a Michael Jackson, you didn't, you, you can just go white by like natural. You don't need to, ble- you don't need to hull bits of your skin off by scraping it off concrete. But there's a big, still got a big bit on my shoulder that's got like, like it's just white and there's yeah. no colour there, but it's fine. But see, for days I couldn't sleep, right? Because both, like my hands were in absolute agony. So that many plasters on, it looked like toot and cam and kind of was my hands were all wrapped up in it. <laughs> and it was honestly, like it was so sore. It was just like, I couldn't have had a shower without being in agony. And it was just like, see the first week, mm. apart from getting absolute dog's abuse, it was torture as well because I was in so much pain. But I was like, I've learned the lesson. So I'm kitted out now. So you'll mm. see me, I've got the lights, the bell, the helmet, the reflective gear, everything. It's in the 20s. <gasps> it's 27. That so was nearly close. one of mine. That was so nearly one of mine. 27. What is your least favourite word? Moist. <laughs> Why? Because it's because it's just, it's it, it brings up connotations that aren't, I don't know, they're not nice. You never want to be moist. Moist. That, it doesn't help when you say it like that. Moist. No. <laughs> and you're also looking at me weird. I don't like it. Yeah. 
my, my second least favourite word, and it ties in, mm-hmm. gusset. Oh, yeah. Put them together and you are done. You don't want a moist gusset. No, that's, no, no. At any time of the day, really. No. You know, especially in the office. It's weird. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so least favourite word would be moist yeah. followed up by gusset yeah can we just move on from this one because you keep saying the words and it just makes me more and more uncomfortable so we'll move on from the moist gusset gusset okay yeah, thanks right. quite happy right Steve so that one for us We're still waiting on your first one you still got 43 minutes to play plenty of time okay we're in come the 20s again come on Steve 29 <gasps> it's my age <laughs> Jesus. All right. Uh, 29, what was the last thing that you ate? Um, it was the delicious breakfast that I made for us. <laughs> Just to be clear, there's nothing going on. <laughs> I made, I'm, did I not make us a delicious breakfast? Well, I was sat on the sofa, so I don't know really what was going on behind. I don't know if a Deliveroo arrived or a Just Eats or a, I don't know what happened. But well, I'm going to take that good. as a compliment because if you think it could have been a Just Eat, it was very good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, so I had um, some hash browns with poached eggs on top and some bacon on the side. Yeah, that was awesome. And I'm going to say probably slightly too much coffee. You did. I'm a bit. You were full on coffee. That's for sure. Slightly rattly. <laughs> But not moist. Not, absolutely not. Right, let's move on. Nice and nice and easy, that one. We are going all the way to number 59. You know when I said you could play or pass and everyone gets a pass? Yep. Question 59. Do you know what your number is? And I don't mean phone number. Play or pass? I'll play. I'm not telling you it. I'll play. I never asked you to. Um, if, 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 if I wrote them down. <laughs> if I made a list, then I would know. Off the top of my head, I, I know what, like what decade it's in. I don't know what the word is for a, a group of numbers. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I know it's mm, something. <laughs> Right, okay. If you know what I mean. So clo- you would get close. You right, you could get close enough. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were to write them in a list, what are we talking? A couple of sheets A4? <laughs> um, a couple of sheets A3? No, I would say... Oh, you know those flip charts you get at work? No. Yeah. No. Nah. Um, I think one one side of A4. I'm trying to make myself sound... Your, your writing's quite small, so you could probably put it with here. five names in a line. So that's, yeah, it's about 100. So anyway... Your shock face doesn't work on a podcast, no, but she's nodding in agreement. <laughs> I don't think I was. Will we move on? Let's move on. <laughs> I remember chatting to you about it, obviously, about a year ago or so. You hadn't actually built the nursery yet, had you? Oh, no, or I'd... even emptied the room. No. Is that correct? No. Because <laughs> I'd given her the chat the whole time. Ah, we've got ages. This was August. He wasn't due till November. She's like, you've not started that nursery yet. It's like, I know, because we've got three months. And this room was full of shit oh, and other stuff. Yeah. Completely, yeah. And then, yeah, that was that was the running joke. You know, she, she gave birth, he was taken away, and she basically just turned around and went, told you you should have started that fucking nursery. <laughs> <laughs> and like, how can you think about that at this point in time? Yeah. She just had to get that dig in, though. Yeah. And true, right enough, you know, 
I've, I, I'm a firm believer and always have been, what is the point in the last minute if you don't use it? <laughs> you've got until then yeah. and then only after that point, if, you, if you've if you not done it, then it's too late. But no, no bother. You're hoped for that last minute to slow right down building all that stuff. <laughs> it wasn't great, I'll give you that. Yeah. No. What's kind of the challenges been? Um, not just being a new parent, which I, I imagine is hard enough. No. Well, this is it. I mean, of all the... I was just about getting to the point where I was thinking about, okay, I'm about to be a dad. How do we do this? And then I never got a chance to think about it again. Boom, there you go. So I, of all the ways to imagine beginning parenthood, this didn't even register. Like I didn't even think that like this, this, I didn't, I'd heard of babies being born early before, but I'd always thought it was some sort of medical condition and it had been followed through the whole pregnancy. So they knew like this is coming early, but we know about it because we've caught it early. I didn't even know this could happen. This was just a not, this was just a natural, just, it was a natural birth. It just happened three months early. He just decided he was coming. So, You've got that to wrap your head around first of all, and then yeah, I mean it's just that I mean, it, essentially you you both want to be there all day. You want to be at the the neonatal unit all day by his side to just watch everything. And the reality is that you can't do that well, for us anyway. We couldn't do that um, because there was dogs at home. There was a wee cat at home that we had to see to. But you were at home anyway, you'd left. Oh, again, exactly. <laughs> I had my feet up, no bother. <laughs> I'll pop in on you in a wee while. So, I mean, yeah, the, the immediate challenges um, beyond the, the emotional side of things and trying to wrap your head around it was just, you know, getting the physical aspects in play of, you know, how does how does home life continue? Um, Gemma didn't want to leave his side, understandably, for a good while, so she stayed in the hospital for a good while. And, yeah, I was, I was just on the the home run every day, like nipping home and washing the clothes and making lunches and bringing all that stuff up and sorting the dogs out and promising them I'll not be that late, I'll get you a walk, I'm sorry. But they just go on with it, they're not caring. So, um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a very, very difficult and very surreal environment to be a parent in. All, all you want to do is pick the, pick your, your kid up and give them a cuddle and, and you can't do that you're just sitting looking through the glass and it was hard for for weeks it was hard to even see him because he was just covered in in in, in wires and stickers and probes and bandages and all that sort of stuff it was it was um it was hard to watch and um yeah just you have to kind of process that you know he he's here he's He's doing fine. He's got the greatest support around him that you could ask for. I cannot praise the staff throughout the entire world. Um, up in nine miles enough, every single one of them to to a T. He was just absolutely outstanding with us from start to finish. Um, so you've just got to say, look, this is what they do. You know, they do this day in day out, and they've already told us about smaller babies than him. He was two pound. Two pound two ounces when he was born. His true birth weight was about uh, one pound six the day after when the fluid left his system. So, no, there was not much of him. You know, he literally could fit in the palm of your hand. What was the first day like taking him home? Yeah, so it was. There was four months in a day that we spent in the, the neonatal unit. Um. 
and we'd said at the time he was born August 9th, the due date was November 14th. Somebody had uh, on the side kind of told us, you know, aim for his due date, you know, for home time, around about then. Because his, his body's still... He needs to get to that stage, growing, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you think about a baby when they're when they're born at, at term time, 40 weeks, they're, uh, they're, they're pretty much, in most cases, ready to go home. Mm. You need, they just need to make sure they're feeding and, and breathing and all the rest of it, and off you pop, good luck. So once he, in theory, once he got to that stage, then he, he would potentially be allowed to go home. It turned out it was an extra, almost an extra month for us after that, which was fine, considering, you know, what he started with. But it was his, his lungs that had, that had kept him there the whole time. His lungs just never got a chance to develop. They don't develop in the womb until the sort of start of the week, kind of 30 kind of period, if memory serves. So they never really got a chance to 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 get to the stage where he could where he could breathe on his own so he was constantly on oxygen support and that's what held him in the hospital but it got to the stage where that was all that was holding him in the hospital was the oxygen support he was feeding out of bottles um, he was maintaining his own temperature and uh, he just needed a little bit of oxygen support but they, they weaned that down they weaned that down and they, they explained to us over the last month or so look we can do this at home we can set up an oxygen system at home and we'll wean him off him at home. So that freaked us out to start with. I was like, oh my God, how is, how is that going to work? But, well, it's not bad enough that you think, I have to change a nappy uh, soon. I know. I have to do all this. It's mental. So they went through that with us. And in truth, that's actually turned out to be one of the easiest elements of it. It's literally just a machine that you... You, you switch on. It just sounds a lot worse. It does. It? At the time, you're just completely freaking out because uh, uh, there is there is a, obviously a tube connected from the machine and a, and a cannula in his nose the whole time. And and you, 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 as he got older, the, the, the fights with the stickers to hold the oh, cannula. Oh, I was, was going to say, total, I bet, but that's fun. He doesn't like that at all. So we had all that to contend with on the day home. And uh, I mean, the... the I mean, you could never you could never experience a, a joy like it. I don't think in, in being able to bring your child home, but yeah, it's more so for us having the journey that we'd gone through and and and, and the fight that we'd have to ha- had to have to get him to that stage to finally be able to you know bring him home. It was amazing, and we'd always said we'll aim for Christmas. If we get him home for Christmas, we'll be over the moon. And it was yeah, it was the tenth of December we were able to get him home. So. This the experience for you might have been a bit different um, because again I can't talk and I have to listen to friends of mine that have got kids. Two of my friends are a wee boy. They brought him home for the first time, and they, and they said, and I I said to him ages ago, I said, what was, what was it like? And uh, I think I maybe asked his wife actually more than him, and said, um, well, he was sleeping in the uh, car seat or, or whatever it was. I've not got any technical phrases. And they sat on the couch and he was sleeping in there and they both looked at each other and went, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just yep. that that pure, this was easy the last couple of hours because they've done everything. Yep. What the hell do we do now? See, we had a slight advantage in that we'd done it for four months yeah. already. But it was also a, a total disadvantage because you'd done it for four months and you think, Ah, we've pretty much done the baby stage already, but no, uh, have you what? Because he's now just actually the age he's meant to be when you bring him home. So the whole thing started again. So it was just, our first night was a total stereotypical disaster. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. He was screaming the whole night. It was just, it was just, you know, we were freaking, what are we doing wrong? What are we doing wrong? 
he wasn't like this in the hospital, but obviously it's totally changing the environment, mm. you know, totally yeah. changing scenery, changing in bed and all the rest of it. So, but we got through it and then slowly but surely we, we started to get a little bit better at the whole routine because he's, he's still on loads of medicine. So that was the hardest part was keep, keeping on top of how often we had to give him medicine. He still takes 11 syringes of medicine throughout the throughout every day. So it's a lot for him mm. to take on. But um, so that was the biggest challenge to start with, was just, you know, I wouldn't say we ever perfected the routine, but, you know, trying to get the routine down to where it was manageable. And, um, you know, luckily enough, I was able to get time off from my work at that point. And the work were actually great, really great with me and understanding how difficult this was and the fact that, you know, neither of us had a granny between us to come and help. So we were literally, for, you know, 75%, 80% of the time, we were on our own, you know. We've, we've both got, you know, relatives um, who are very helpful and pop in and help as often as they can, but they have lives as well, you know. They've got jobs to to keep down and family of their own. So for the most part, we were on our own. So getting that first period of time off to be able to, at least, you know, get over the nerves and uh, build up our, mo- mostly Gemma's confidence because she was then going to have to take the mantle over when I eventually had to go back to work. So it was a tough, extremely tough time, yeah. From being born uh, last August to now a year down the line, mm-hmm. what does the future now hold? For, for the wee man, I, I hope it holds... Uh, you know, infinite possibilities. You know, and he's he's had the the toughest start in life that you could possibly have thrown at him, but he's dealt with it like an absolute champ every step of the way, and he's now a hundred percent become my complete inspiration. You know, it's like I feel almost selfish and completely, um, like say going back to what we spoke about earlier, the fact that I even got to a point in my life where I contemplated ending it. You know, all he has ever wanted from day one is to just be here and he's never given up and and his spirit is, you know, my new mantra in life. I, every time I'm struggling now with anything at all, I just take a wee look at him and he just, you know, he just gets on with it. It doesn't matter what's thrown at him. He is pretty much the most amazing human I've ever met and the fact that he's, you know, our son is just it's ridiculous. It's kind of like, it's kind of like all the pain that, that's happened throughout life. It was to build our backbone almost, you know, to be able to handle this getting thrown at us because it would have been very, very easy for this to, to, you could have just curled up in a ball and let this break you quite easily. But, you know, having the moments that I'd had throughout my life and the decisions that I'd made um, in the years prior to it, you know, there was no way I was giving up on him. Absolutely not. And I instilled, tried to install as much positivity into every single day that I could and just refused to accept that he wasn't going to make it. I couldn't, I, I don't, I think it would have been too much to take, you know, had it had the outcome been any different, you know, he, I needed him to make it. He had to make it. I, I need that kid in my life. And the fact that he's here is, is totally amazing. Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends about it and leave a review or a rating. If you didn't, then let's never speak of it again. These are the days.